there are worse threats out here tonight than these things. Like what? Me. The name's Blade. He is the son of a vampire man who fell in love with a human woman. His mother was later turned into Nosferatu against her will, but she wanted Blade spared from her dark world. It was her final act of love. Blade ran off and soon discovered that he was blessed or cursed by being part vampire. But not all vampire. The transformation was not total. He has the, the quickness, the strength, the agility, but is unaffected by sunlight. And he is immune to the venom of his blood-sucking brethren. Now he aches to destroy all those who condemned him to a life as a freak of nature. He can match any Nosferatu in a way that no human ever could. You know that as you age, you're becoming more vampire-like. You, you crave plasma. The serum you give me makes those cravings go away. Yes, but it's losing its effectiveness. This machine could help you become human again. I must remain a vampire so that I can locate my mother. And I'll destroy anything that gets in my way. I am and will always be a vampire hunter. Welcome to Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm Illegal Machine, and with me is... Yali Frank. And... Senor Fix-It. And today we're going to talk about the 50th anniversary? Yeah, so here's anniversary. the thing. Of Blade. Of Blade. Let me get out of, of what we're talking yeah. about. Of Blade, of Blade before yes. you talk about some random Vampire shit. Hunt. Okay. Yeah. So, in 2018, we celebrated the 20th anniversary of the release of New Line Cinema's Blade motion picture, the first successful Marvel movie ever. Howard the Duck. In a time when Marvel movies were direct-to-video flops, unreleased cult films, or whatever Howard the Duck was... Paved the way, no, successful, like made money. How the Duck oh, not make any money? Yeah. Paved the way for X-Men, paved the way for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. One of the greatest black superheroes of all time, paved the way for Black Panther. In fact, Wesley Snipes was played Black Panther at one point in time. The whole reason why the Blade movie got made was because John Singleton and Wesley Snipes could not get that movie done in 98. First off, let's start talking about Blade because I think, because back then in the late 90s, we didn't really have much in the way of a template at the time of like what the superhero universe could look like on screen. It was like, very new ter- territory. We had obviously the Superman movies in the 70s and the 80s and we also had the Batman movies but this was very different and this was also a Marvel comic as opposed to DC. And can you just take us back a bit and talk a little bit about like how you got involved with Blade and and how difficult or not it was for you to even get that first film made? Well it came to me through my uh, agent. The Black Panther conversations preceded Blade. You know I really wasn't familiar with the Blade character at the time but I thought especially after having putting the effort towards the Black Panther and it didn't come to fruition. I thought it'd be a cool thing to go ahead and play the Black Vampire in our community, you know, the African-American community. Well, Eddie did a Black Vampire, which was interesting, but there was also William Marshall who did Blackula back in the 70s. William Marshall was a classically trained Shakespearean actor, which is the background that I come from, pedigree that I have as well. And it's okay for Wesley Snipes to do Blade. I didn't know that it was considered 
it a comic book adaptation. I approached it as just this cool character we had no point of reference for. And I would get a chance to do some acting, some martial arts, and wear a cool leather coat like Shaft. Most of the people around me at the time, they really didn't agree. They thought it was somewhat beneath my skill sets to be playing this comic book character. And they were using things like, well, there's never been a hit. Well, nobody's ever heard of it. Uh, why would you want to do that? And you have these other roles here. And we are going for awards and all of that kind of stuff. And you're a thespian. I was like, yeah. But for me and my, my partners, it would be so cool for us to see this in the movie because we've never seen a black vampire that can fight martial arts. Mm-hmm. I'm in. <laughs> the movie was filmed half a mile from where I lived in Southern California. It was in a warehouse. They took it over and they built it. And I could have walked to it, but I was there <laughs> on the day that they were filming the bloodbath sequence. That's the opening of the movie. So I watched them do all that. And I met the director and he entered, he brought me over to uh, Wesley. It was really interesting because a lot of reporters were there that day. By the time I got there, he was, he was probably had done 14,000 interviews and was starting to get tired. Here's Marv Wolfman. Nice to meet you. Uh, Marv created Blade. Oh, wow. Tell me all about, you know, he suddenly <laughs> came to life because this was, I was not just a yet another reporter about to ask him yet more character questions. Right, he right. questions for me. I didn't have any questions for him. He wanted to know if Blade was always a black character. He had never seen it before and he asked and I brought a copy with me to show and he was just, he was astonished by it because he had no idea. So he was really thrilled by that. We do the episode it was one of the best episodes we ever did. I really listened yeah, to it uh, the episode. other day. I was laughing my ass off. It's a blast. A lot of fun. Great flick. Great show. Check it out. I remember distinctly, though, when we were doing the media for that. Like, I think there had been a gap in episodes of the Marvel Superheroes podcast, and a lot of the people that were listening to the previous episode were not around for the Blade episode. And I just want to say, fuck you, because that was one of the best episodes we did. And uh, if you don't know what's good for you, we don't need you around anyway. Less things for you to say at the back of the, the podcast. But also, if you're listening to this, go listen to that podcast. Enjoy our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. So Blade 2 by Guillermo del Toro, who was not Guillermo del Toro yet then, but he's not here in the States. I think he'd already done the Devil's Backbone. I think he definitely had notoriety, but he, he was better known in his native Spain than he was here in the States. I think it was like two years later, two to three years later, he did Blade 2. And so for the 20th anniversary of that movie, I watched Blade 2. And for whatever reason, we couldn't get it together, or maybe it was during a time period where we weren't hanging out, or maybe COVID, I don't know what the fuck the problem was. I watched Blade 2, and then we didn't record on it. My favorite. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, you know, I know the Blade uh, and actually I, I think I watched three as well. I was, I was trying to do like a comprehensive thing. So I, I watched a bunch of Blade stuff, not everything at that time period. The time came and went. I knew we weren't going to do it. And it's like, well, you know what? Blade's 50th anniversary is going to be 1973. So 2023. So we'll just wait for that. But still, that means I watched and ingested all this Blade material like two years ago. Okay. And I have not revisited it. Thankfully, you guys have seen it much more recently. Mm-hmm. But because we went from doing I'm going to cover Blade 2 and 3 in one episode to like all the Blade shit I want to talk a little bit about the Blade shit and just see if we've made any progress on our Blade knowledge plus we really didn't talk that much about the character we mostly talked about the movie so for starters what do you think is the comic book that Blade has made the most appearances in in all the Marvel comics huh Werewolf by Night Werewolf by Night okay Uh, can I lock in my answer yes Tomb of Dracula fucking Jason Aaron Ed McGinnis Avengers what yeah yeah, you know uh, Jason Aaron's been writing Avengers for a few years he just recently capped off his run so Blade was that after the Bendis run? Years after, yeah. Okay, that's an inside joke. Uh, so 28 appearances in the Jason Aaron oh, wait, wait. series. Oh, I thought you were talking. Oh, never mind. Go ahead. Yeah. Second second best showing Tomb of Dracula. Very good. 26 appearance. Now, neither of you guys have read either one of those things, yeah? No, 
no. No, never had that. Yeah. So I did read Tomb of Dracula. And is that when Blade had an afro? Yeah. He had an afro, had the green tinted goggles, wore the jacket, the brown uh, yeah, leather I, jacket. I've, I've read some of those like a you long have read some of those. time ago. A long, long time ago, ago when yeah. I was a kid. Tomb of Dracula was one of the first comics I collected from the flea market because obviously the book was long gone by the time I was getting comic books. Well, not long gone. I mean, the book started in the early 70s and it lasted for about five or six years. So it wasn't like, I, I, you know, I was reading comics or getting comics in the late 70s. So it wasn't that long gone. The only Tomb of Dracula's I had as a kid was they had the crossover between Marvel and Gene Colan doing Doctor Strange Master of the Mystic Arts and then the other month doing Doctor Strange, uh, Tomb of Dracula. I think it was like, I think they were both bi-monthly. So they just go back and forth between the two. Great crossover, highly recommended. They reprinted it as a one shot in the 90s. But beyond that, that was the only Tomb of Dracula I had until I started going to the flea markets in the like early 80s. And for some reason, Tomb of Dracula's were pretty accessible, you know, so I got a pretty good chunk of the run. Nothing like, like not, it's like 70 issues. I didn't have 20 issues probably, but I had for, for a kid to have a dozen issues or more of the comic was pretty decent, you know, respectable. Mostly the, toward the back end too, when they had his stupid fucking angel son and shit. Don't even get started on that stuff. I started with Tomb of Dracula number seven. The first two Tomb of Dracula's were written by Jerry Conway. The second two by Archie Goodwin and the third two by Gardner Fox. And that was crazy. I think they wanted a different approach. And since I had been doing the horror stuff and I was going to be an editor there at that particular point, it was there. And I was asked if I'd like to work on Tomb of Dracula. I don't think they thought it was a book that was going to last for a long time because again, it went through so many writers so quickly, but they wanted me to try to do it to, I guess, uh, get my uh, feet wet at Marvel. I liked Tomb of Dracula, but it was more of a mood book than a horror book. And, you know, you've got Hannibal King, you've got... Frank Drake, uh, you got the Van Helsing lady, I think, what was it, Vanessa Van Helsing or some shit, the blonde chick. Uh, so you had this team of people, and there were people who kind of came into their circle and left their circle. And those guys were kind of boring to me as a kid, because they would just like get together and talk about what they were going to do about Dracula, or Dracula was the one who's actually doing some shit. And then Blade would show up, and he'd be bursting through a window, and he'd be stabbing people with stakes and shit. And he'd be like, yes, man of action. When I was at DC, I was working with a partner, and we wanted to, we were working on Teen Titans, a different version of it than I later did. Came up with a black superhero and we wrote it and it was drawn and everything and for one reason or another the story was never published. Uh, there were all sorts of explanations but I wasn't there. All I know is that the story wasn't published. One of the promises I made to myself was that the next character I created would be a black character like the character for Teen Titans because I didn't think that black characters were represented at all in comics to any great degree. There were one or two and that was about it and I felt coming from New York City a very urban environment. You know, you saw people of all kinds there. So it didn't sound strange to me to use a black character. And I just never, I never understood why they didn't. So came up with Blade. It came to me literally in a second. I'm not joking. I had just gotten the Dracula assignment and I wasn't thinking about anything, but suddenly the character came full blown. I knew exactly who he was and what he looked like. I knew everything about him and he took off. But he wasn't around enough. He didn't do enough. So I was always a little bit frustrated by Blade in the comic books in the Tomb of Dracula comic books so I liked him because he was cool looking and everything but there wasn't a whole lot to him there now you guys were both collecting comics in the 90s there wasn't a whole lot of Blade material in the 80s he, he, there was the 90s when he had his really big return did you guys buy any of like the Midnight Suns well, I was about to say that's that's where I was introduced to him as Midnight Suns okay because I was really big into like Ghost Rider I'm always thinking of that one villain I think they call him Skinner the one that has the giant bones that come out of his forearms cool I don't remember him but cool yeah yeah so so yeah, so I remember 
the Midnight Suns. I always thought Mobius was kind of cool. Yeah, Morbius. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought he was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I, I remember seeing Blade in those books, Darkhold book, right? No, Darkhold was the one that Richard Case drew, and that was really that was like the guys from Tomb of Dracula, where the people who were standing okay. around talking about doing shit. He was in the Night Stalker. So Hannibal King, who had who was a, a detective, a PI who'd been bit by a vampire, Deacon Frost, uh, if I recall correctly, and uh, so he was a vampire detective who tried to not give in to the urges and shit. So it's him. It's I think Frank Drake from Tomb of Dracula as well. But at this point, they try to turn him into like Forge. He had like like I don't know. He had cybernetic parts, but he used like technology to help fight vampires and shoot like a three stake you know blaster or some shit like that. And they had Blade, and that was when Blade got the black leather with the spikes. So he basically was going the same tailor as the uh, Danny Rand Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. and he started using a sword where prior he was pretty much all wooden stake. And yeah, yeah that was when I was reintroduced to him because uh, one of my kind of jumping off points. I was really into Ghost Rider when Mark Texera and Javier yes. Soteris was doing it. And then once they left and Ron Wagner did it for a little while, I really did not like Ron Wagner stuff. Then they did Rise of the Midnight Suns, which I think is when the Kubert boys started working on the Ghost Rider book. And then shortly after that, Brett Blevins was doing it, and that's when they were doing... Yeah, and, and I hung on for a little bit in the Brett Blevins run, and I lost interest. So Midnight Suns was toward the end of my time collecting Ghost Rider. And I have to say, too, for some reason, my father decided that was the comic book that he was going to invest in. He had always liked Ghost Rider growing up, and they were having this crossover. He's like, I'm going to get those books. I'm going to have a complete set. And it's going to be worth money. And to this day, he still will be like, I still have that set of My Rise of Midnight Suns. I'm like, good for you, pa. You know, I'm going to pay your college with this boy. Right, right. A little late for that. So I only ever read Night Stalkers number one, I think. I might have maybe some crossover at some point. I might have read one or two other ones, but the only one I remember is reading the first issue. I did not like it. I wasn't into it and I didn't buy any more of those. But I was familiar with that because the Midnight Suns name has survived. And of course, the Night Stalkers name to some degree has survived as well. How far did you get into Night Stalkers? Was just did you just buy the one issue with I the post so. and I, I read the Midnight Sun stuff. I de- I tried to get in some of the supernatural stuff in the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. Um, I definitely stuck with Midnight Suns for a bit, but I think I got kind of burned out on it and just yeah. And what about you, Max? You reading that stuff? Um, I I had some spotty Ghost Rider issues, uh, and I always liked Dan Ketch. I didn't know who Johnny Blaze was, and when Johnny Blaze showed up, I was like, whoa, there was like an old Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. and he's back with like a you know Hellfire shooting double barrel Holy shotgun. Stubble and sunglasses and the the big slicker uh, duster. duster jacket or whatever and and you know they're riding around on motorcycles and stuff and the the Dan Ketch motorcycle looks fucking awesome yeah. it's like iconic uh, comic book transportation uh, all that stuff was cool I had some of the written Rise of the Midnight Suns crossover stuff but I I just didn't have availability to comics and I was never gonna go back and yeah. get it all like I don't really think I remember Blade popping up any of that stuff because I don't think you showed up in any of the there was what's her name Lilith or Li- who was yeah the, Lilith the fish was, I think the, the, um, the mother of demons yeah. who they were all fighting in the Rise of Midnight yeah. Suns and then well exactly afterwards well particularly in Ghost Riders I think I remember hitting Skinner the dude he was talking oh, yeah. about I remember that guy but I but I don't remember any Blade stuff out of that okay so the, the third most appearances that Blade had was in the 12 issue run from the early 2000s written by Mark Guggenheim who I think would later go on to work on some of the CW shows if I remember correctly and I don't I'm not feeling strongly about me remembering that correctly and then it was drawn by Howard Chaikin of all people uh, really kind of an odd combination of artists and, and subject there uh, I know that Mac had nothing to do with that stuff because I was after your time uh, Fix It did you ever check any of that stuff out? No I don't, I don't believe so and when I did my dive into Blade I did read some of the stuff but I don't remember it very well I know that they did uh, some spy type stuff I think he might have even got tied into that Avengers 59 or something like that I just I wasn't into Chaikin doing that type of material mm-hmm. it just didn't work for me he had this weird thing too where he gave like this little mustache this pencil mustache he kind of looked like Cab 
Callaway or some shit, you know? I was like, what? Mini the Mucha. Mini the Mucha. So uh, the next longest run from Blade is Captain Britain and MI-13. He was in 11 issues of that. Uh, any recollection of that, Mr. Fix-It? No. That was that thing where they tried to do a team around Captain Britain and they were in it fighting vampires. There was like conspiracy to take over either the UK government or the monarchy by having them invested by vampires. And they brought in some of the Marvel UK characters, I think, as well. Sort of, kind of. No recollection of that, though, right? No. And I know they had an artist that kind of looked like Brian Hitch, but it wasn't. I was, was kind of curious about checking that book out. It was apparently written by Paul Cornell, but I never made the, the crossover with that. Again, it was one of those 2000s books after I wasn't interested in Marvel or a lot of the mainstream stuff. Next, or actually tying, he's a member of the Mighty Avengers. That's when they tried to do like the Diversity Avengers. So it's like Photon and the New Power Man and the Miles Morales Spider-Man, I think, and White Tiger, the Latina White Tiger, and then Luke Cage is the leader. Uh, I didn't read any of that shit no, either. Neither did I. I don't think most people read a lot of that stuff. Next up at 10 issues is Blade the Vampire Hunter. Basically, when they ended the Night Stalker series, they started this one. Uh, they had that uh, cover where it was like holofoil, so that Blade's katana shimmered metallically and so did the logo. I don't think he was fighting Dracula, but maybe he was fighting Dracula. I think he was fighting Dracula in that one. And that was the, the classic blue and red outfit, you know, Tomb mm. Dracula version. And I want to say Ian Edgington probably wrote that one. And I think that maybe it was Doug Braithwaite did some of the, not Doug Braithwaite, fucking, who's the guy who did like Alpha Flight and he had a run on JSA. Uh, he did uh, Shazam not so long ago. He's a nice artist. Dale Eggleston. I think Dale Eggleston got his start on that. Uh, and I looked through some of that stuff. Do y'all ever look any of that stuff? Mm-mm. Really nice artwork. Really nice artwork. Definitely more in line with what you would expect from a Ghost Rider tie-in book than the shitty Night Stalkers had been. Just had a better quality of artwork. I liked that he was going up against Dracula and it seemed like they were doing some cool stuff with Dracula. Flipping through the books while I was doing my little rundown, it actually looked pretty cool. I, I kind of want to read that at some point. And I think that that's probably the closest before the Blade movie they got to something that actually resembles the Wesley Snipes Blade. So at nine appearances, you've got Strike Force. Fix it, you got any recollection of that one? No. Short-lived team. Wait, was that the one with, uh, no, that was not the one with Thor, right? Angela. Okay. Angela, Spider-Woman, the Winter Soldier Blade. Oh, no, dude, this is, yeah, I haven't, I haven't. Yeah, it was an interesting looking team, but just such a generic tank name and the artwork didn't do much for me. Teeny Howard wrote that. Then you've got the Midnight Suns Unlimited, the quarterly book they came out with for a while. Seven issues of that. He's in seven issues of the one of the Marvel Comics Presents revivals. I don't remember any of that. Then the horrible Bart Sears seven issue series I talked shit about the last time. Uh, he was in the magazine Dracula Lives that was done in the UK. He appeared in six issues of the Doctor Strange Sorcerer Serene book. I guarantee that's all Midnight Suns related bullshit. He had a six issue Max miniseries by Christopher Hines and Steve Pugh. Didn't touch that one either. Nope. And it had Tim Bradstreet covers. I read through some of those during my little exploration. Being a Max title in terms of like the, the vocabulary, the explicit nature of the dialogue definitely suited. I remember there was like some schoolgirl vampire that was through a lot of the, the series and Steve Pugh was clearly enjoying drawing her. It was very much more sexualized than any of the other Blade material. Blade actually fucks in that one. I think he actually fucks a vampire chick in fact. It looked pretty cool. That was another one where it's like, okay, if they, if I had a trade of this handy, if I came across this at a con, it was reasonably priced, I'd go ahead and pick it up. It What's looks it pretty called? cool. Uh, it's just Blade, it's, but it's the Blade Max. Blade Max. Yeah. Wait, uh, wait, what year did that come out? This came out uh, around 06 or so. Okay. 06, 08. Yeah, when Max was out, yeah. Yeah. So at six appearances, he was in one of the Ultimate Avengers series by Mark Miller and Carlos Pacheco. I do have some of those. Do you remember Blade in that at all, then? Uh, actually, I do. I believe he... There, yeah, there's like an Avengers trade where have, I, I couldn't tell you about it. No, I can't remember, but I remember reading. I actually have the trade at yeah. all. But you, you don't remember Blade doing anything of that, though, right? I mean, I, he was Blade. He was Blade. He was definitely I, you know, I didn't read it, but I'll confirm. He was doing yeah. some Blade. He was Blade. Yeah. So 
so there was the X-Men series. I think it was a relaunch. Curse of the Mutants. Yeah, that's uh, where they all became vampires and shit. Yeah, Victor Gishler I, and Mike. Uh, I Paco thought Medina. through that. That shit was stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's when they... they the fucking... They, uh, it was like uh, Storm was a vampire and... Well, Storm was a vampire. She cool. had been a vampire done, before, Yes, because right? in the old X-Men annual... Okay. Yeah. The 80s, she'd been a vampire. In Mutant Deck, which your brother collected, she was, there was the vampire version, the Bloodstorm, they called her. Yeah. Um, so that's not so bad, but like that was when they tried that shit, and I get, I think it's still the case, too, right? Where they decided to have uh, Doctor uh, uh, Dracula have long white hair, and he had like red armor and shit, and they tried to act like that was the same, or either that was supposed to be the same Dracula as Tomb of Dracula, or he killed the Tomb of Dracula Dracula and took his place. Any of that shit ringing any no. bells? It was part of that run, though, as I recall. I just remember thumbing through them like, yeah, no. X-Men fighting Dracula just seemed lame. No, I love that shit. No. No, that's the, the annuals, like because they did it in one issue of Uncanny X-Men, I think sometime around the Dave Cockrum run, but I don't think Dave Cockrum drew it. I think that um, it might have been Brent Anderson, but then they had the annual with the Bilson Kevich cover. Yeah, I remember the annual. Yeah, and and that's the one where they killed off the the Elizabeth Van Helsing, I think her name was, or some shit like that. Uh, Wolverine ended up staking her at the end of the story, and that was when Dracula had the fucking goatee with the two points, the Lucifer points. Shit, coolest fucking Dracula in comics. See, that shit would work sure. for me if it's Lo- a what if, huh? If it's a what if, it'll work for. It'll no, work. but they, they did a good job though. It's a really good horror yeah. story, and it actually is in continuity. And in fact, the Wolverine Lord of the Vampires, what if you like so much? That was yeah. They they were bringing boarding off of those two stories. I remember that one. That's the one where the Punisher is going around. Like, yeah, the Punisher's like the Blade type yeah. character. Yeah, he's going around um, killing vampires. So apparently, he was in five issues of Ultimate Avengers versus New Ultimates uh, by Mil- Mark Millar, Linnell Francis Yu. Uh, that ring any bells? I haven't, but I haven't read him in a long time. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He did. Uh, there was a recent Spirits of Vengeance revival with Damon Hellstrom and Satana and Ghost Rider and Blade. Mm-hmm. I didn't read that shit. That's from sometime in the 2000s, 2010s. He was in War of the Realms of all fucking things. He was in something called Dark Ages by Tom Taylor in Iban Coelho. Uh, there was a Midnight Suns revival. He did five issues of that. He, apparently he was in four different stories from Marvel Comics Presents. I don't think it was a multi-part. I think he must have been like one-shot issues or something. He was in the Tomb of Dracula revival from the early 90s prestige format. I never did get around to reading that. He was in four issues of Morbius from the Midnight Suns era. So really, it's just a whole bunch of shit where Blade kind of shows up when there's vampires around, but not a ton of like really strong invested in Blade storytelling type of comic book. He uh, seems to specialize only when motherfuckers are ice skating uphill yeah, or attempting yeah. to achieve such a feat. It's one of these things like, okay, so as a comic book character, to the degree that you guys have been exposed to them, how viable do you think Blade is? Like, is, does he even matter as a comic book character the way that he matters as a cinematic figure? No. No, right? He works better as other forms of entertainment. I think comic book wise, I mean, if you're going to do a book with him and, you know, Man-Thing and Werewolf by Night and stuff, oh yeah, that's cool. That's that's their, even the Bloodstone, they did the uh, the Punisher Frankenstein. I don't think he appeared in that, but that kind of world works perfect for Blade. But I don't want to see him fighting. But they keep Mexican not Captain using America. him, hmm? but they keep not using him. They take, they take Punisher and use Punisher. They, well, I mean, right. Punisher Frankenstein dude, was pretty fucking bizarre. And then you put him in the world with monsters and stuff. You have the Howling Commandos. Like, I think Blade would work in that world, but I don't want to see him hanging out with Cap. Yeah. Or I don't want to see him hanging out with he, the fucking His X-Men. majority it's of his just... Avengers should not be with the fucking Avengers. Yeah, yeah. that's weird. When, when you get to the point where Blade's an Avenger, you've, you've lost the plot, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The whole point is he should be like an anti-Avenger. He, well, he he, should, he, he's, he's the he, Punisher of the fucking, the creatures of the night. He goes around, he's a sociopath killing them. Even if they've committed a crime, yes or no, he still kills them because that's his, that's his gig. Yeah. So he's the Punisher of, you know, killing supernatural monsters. Yeah. I, I do like him as a soloist. I do think he's good as, as a Midnight Sun type of situation. But you really, you're you're not getting the point of that character if you're putting him into superhero yeah. universe shit. Okay. So, obviously, he's a great cinematic figure, though. We love the first movie. Uh, I like the second one better. And that's what I want to talk about. 
There's a world beyond the one we know, where the powers of darkness fear nothing but one man. Blade. We represent the ruling body of the Vampire Nation. They're offering you a truce. They want to meet with you. You sure about this? They'll take us in deeper than we've ever been. Now, those he has sworn to kill need his help to fight a new breed of terror. They're no longer top of the food chain. Our forces are ready to fight, but we need a leader. Let me get this right. You want me to hunt them for you? Friends close. Keep your enemies closer. You could honestly, you could argue before we get started that his lack of comic book canon is what allowed yeah uh, people, it, people to get mad about them making right. changes from the comic book. It allowed more freedom when the fucking movie came out to just let Wesley Snipes stunt with a sword, mm-hmm. and we don't have to worry about continuity. Yeah, there's not all origins. this other mess that we're trying to tell. No it's baggage. Not, there, no baggage. It wasn't the director's favorite Blade run. He's trying to duplicate, and it's just and fucks it up. It's like let's just tell a story, and we're gonna get Wesley Snipes to. Well, was, that was the one thing I thought that was cool is when they interviewed Gilmo, he said his only disappointment with the first Blade is they could have been mobsters, they could have been vampires, they could have been, like there was no, they, they weren't very distinctive vampires. They were just dudes in suits that were kind of like gangsters that were running this like blood clubs. So when he did it, he wanted vampires. So that's why they do the whole, you know, the fucking weird jaw opening for the mutant ones and like they're vampire rappers. He has, you know, he created the fucking, uh, the, the hunters to go after Blade with the great Ron Perlman and Light hammer and fucking snowman the ninja vampire so i mean he made he made it more fun for me because the first one is fine but well i think i think one of the things after the bloodbath it kind of starts yeah it yeah it, a it bit. definitely the entire franchise peaks with the blood breath but um one thing that i think is interesting because you're talking you're kind of dismissing the, the comic book influence on the movie but uh goyer has said that his primary goal with blade your favorite fucking how does that motherfucker get work i'll never know he always it was always the superhero story first and if you look at the arc of the character and the way that he interacts with with the foes and everything else you're right it could just as easily be gangsters rather than vampires but he still has a superhero arc we still have the origin story we still have the mentor figure we still have the special powers that make him exceptional he still has his armory of cool trinkets and stuff he he still has the moment of vulnerability and then he rises back up and fights the bad guys and yeah that can that parallels that with action movies in general but i do think there's a clear superhero arc in there uh and i, I think that that's important because the horror is also there but you you make sure that you're there's no 
never a point where you're not aware that Blade is the star, the action hero, and the, the biggest badass. And I, I think that that's a superhero-y kind of thing to do. But Fair as enough. you said, Guillermo is a more of a horror guy, and he yeah. clearly wanted to have more horror and super and uh, supernatural and fantastic. Well, I mean, when you have his movie. when you have monsters hunting, and he had the budget for it too, which probably didn't hurt. Well, that. but I mean, when you have the when you have these mutant vampires hunting down other vampires and mutating them, and they turn into these weird. I mean, when they're running on all fours and they're fucking like their bodies are all contorted, I thought that was kind of cool. Like that that to see even the vampires were scared. Like they reached out to Blade because they're scared because this this is something they don't know how to deal with. They're being fed upon by something yeah. this time. They're the prey. Do you want me to read? Well, I mean, we, we real quick cool too. So my recollection, I think that was Yumi and Pussycat at Edwards, right? Yes. Yeah. And we all had a great time seeing yep. the play. And I think at the time we agreed that it was better than the first play. Yes. No, you want to recap it? Do you, you want to recap it? Who wants to recap it? I was just going to read the, the wiki recap. Sure, go for fast, it. Because it's uh, not long. But I wasn't on the webpage yet. Hold on. This movie came out in 2002, by the way. Have we said that yet? So I, oh, was it 2002? Okay, maybe, so maybe I watched, no, well, no, 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 but I, I probably watched all that shit sometime last year then. My brain was telling me it was more like two years, but it, it must not have been because, you know, the, the, the very next year. You're late. Anniversary. Just take the No, L. I was early. I watched all that Just shit already. You guys are fucking late. Blade searches Prague for his mentor, Abraham Whistler, who was thought dead after being attacked by Deacon Frost, but was instead turned into a vampire and held prisoner for two years. Blade rescues Whistler and cures him. Whistler meets Scud, Blade's young new technician, uh, and marijuana smoker who likes rap music. Who wrote this fucking, uh, Jesus Christ. Conservative. Uh, a pandemic is turning vampires into reapers, primal mutant creatures, with ravenous thirst for blood and highly infectious bite that transforms both human and vampires alike. In order to combat the reapers, vampire overlord Eli Damaskinos uh, sends his minion, Assad, and daughter, Nisa. Nisa? Nisa? Whatever. I don't remember. To strike the truce with Blade, who's become reluctant, uh, who became reluctantly allies with the vampires. He teams up with the Blood Pack, an elite group of vampires originally assembled to kill him. The pack consists of Assad, Nisa, Reinhardt, uh, Chupa, Snowman, Priest, Val Verlaine? Verlaine? And her lover, Lighthammer. Uh, Reinhardt hates Blade and challenges him. That's, uh, what's Ron his Perlman. name? Ron Perlman. Um, hates Blade and challenges him to a fight, but in response, Blade implants an explosive on his head to keep him in line, which they, to my surprise, keep consistently on his head. I kept waiting for a scene where they forgot to put the fucking uh, little thing on the back. Uh, investigating a vampire nightclub where they encounter the Reapers, uh, The I believe the nightclub was called the House of Pain, mm -hmm. and this nightclub, which they don't mention here, is basically, it's like a big S&M club Pretty much, for these vampires, so they can't they're die. they're cutting each other up, and they're like chopping up, yeah. Yeah, so they're getting off on like cutting them open and peeling their skin back. Some really cool, gory imagery in that scene um, that I was not uh, quite expecting. The Reaper leader, Jared Nomak, arrives and holds an ISO hostage. Uh, he tries to recruit Blade for his cause, citing their mutual hatred of vampires. Priest is bitten and mercy killed, uh, and Lighthammer is bitten but conceals the bite, as they do in any movie where somebody bites somebody and transmits some sort of uh, illness. Uh, Whistler disappears, and Scud is attacked by several Reapers. He drives off uh, with SUV with UV lights on. Blade fights Nomak, who is immune to Blade's weapons. As the sun rises, Nomak retreats, and Whistler returns, revealing he has found the Reaper nest in the sewer. Nysa dissects a dead Reaper, also a very fucking cool yeah. scene with the, the whole uh, Reaper autopsy. Was well, the cool thing, yeah, they have that heart bone. Yeah, the, the heart with the armor around it, so yeah. it can't be pierced and all that stuff. And then they, they drip blood into the carcass, and the, the dead reactivates. carcass tries to reactivate yeah. and get the blood, yeah. Um, 
Uh, they re- uh, realizing UV light is their only weakness, Scud and Whistler make UV weapons for the team, as well as UV emitting bombs strong enough to take out the entire uh, nest. Entering the Reaper nest, the team spreads out. Lighthammer transforms into Reaper and kills Snowman. Uh, Verlaine sacrifices herself to kill Lighthammer by exposing them both to sunlight. Chupa and Reinhardt attack Whistler, who sprays Chupa with a Reaper pheromone. This attracts a horde, which kills Chupa, and Whistler escapes. Asad and Nysa are ambushed, and Asad is killed. Blade saves Nysa and uses the UV bomb, which kills all the Reapers except no. Mac, Nysa, Reinhardt. Uh, managed to evade the blast, but Nysa is seriously injured until Blade allows her to drink his blood to survive. Damaskinos forces betray and capture Blade, Whistler, and Scud. It is revealed the Reapers exist as a result of Damaskinos' efforts to engineer a stronger breed of vampires. Nomak, the first Reaper, is his own son whom Damaskinos considers a failure due to his weakness to sunlight. Scud reveals himself to be one of Damaskinos' familiars, but Blade, which was the twist of the movie, but Blade, who already suspected this, kills him with an explosive he plans on Reinhardt earlier. Damaskinos plans to harvest Blade's blood in order to develop the immunity to sunlight to create a new and entirely invincible breed of vampires. Whistler escapes Reinhardt and frees uh, a nearly drained Blade who falls into Damaskinos' blood pool, restoring his strength. He fights his way through Damaskinos' henchmen and kills Reinhardt. Nomak enters Damaskinos' stronghold seeking revenge on his father. Nysa betrays Damaskinos by sealing off their escape route to the heliport and Damaskinos is killed by Nomak after failing to negotiate with them. Nomak then bites Nysina, drinking her blood. Blade and Nomak engage in to battle, Blade stabs Nomak in his only weak spot. With his revenge complete uh, and wanting to end his suffering, Nomak kills himself with Blade's sword, fulfilling Nice's wish of dying as a vampire. Blade takes her outside and embraces her body as she disintegrates due to the sunrise. Sometime later in London, Blade kills Rush, the vampire that escaped in Prague. That was a rather in-depth uh, yeah, wiki plot synopsis. Good lord. So, uh, like I watched it again. So I'm gonna get, hold on. I'm gonna give some of my notes real quick. Uh, so these were these were my live notes as I watched the movie. I typed Whistler's Alive in all caps, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation park, question mark. The opening fight scene, a motor, motorcycle fight scene, is a little overwhelming once you come off the... It seemed like the whole thing with these movies is they were going to make these big splashes at the beginning of the movies after the fucking bloodbath, the techno scene. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the second and third movies have bullshit openings. They kind of suck. It kind of, all the motorcycle stuff was very John Woo yeah. in a bad way. Which was kind of a, the a, a yeah. era thing, but it was just like... This is kind of lame. When he first gets to Scud, Scud yells, lock up your daughters, the Dark Knight has returned. And I said, what the fuck? I can't stand it in these Marvel movies where they'll say, they'll mention like, he's a real Superman or something like that. And I'm like, who thinks this is funny? Like, don't mix your DC. Goyer. Goyer. Goyer probably put that line in. Um, uh, and then I was like, Daryl is Scud? Because <laughs> it's fucking Daryl from The Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm sorry, there was no Walking Dead when me and Mr. Pixie saw it. I know. He was the boondock saint. Uh, the younger yeah, boondock right. saint back then. Um, okay, so then when he does the, the sword fight with Nysa and the other dude when they show up, the sword CG's the bad. choreography is really good until they start doing some CGI rubber people jumping around. Very like, rubber people. Fuck. When I rewatched it, I was like I did not remember yeah. that being nearly as obvious as it was. Uh, but when I watched the the uh, the uh, what do you call it? Um, special feature? Well, no, the commentary. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gilmo did not like that. Did not want that in there, but they were like, nope, you need it. Because like, dude, the, the choreography is fantastic. It's really, really good. And you can tell they worked their ass off on that sword fighting, and then they would cut to the CGI stuff, and it's just like, god damn it. Yeah. Like, there was no need for it. They probably had plenty of sword fighting footage to fill that whole thing up, but they cut to it. So that, it kind of killed it, because there was none of that, really, in the first movie. They didn't have, they didn't have the money for it. The Reaper strain is what the, the strain of... Oh, okay. Scud keeps calling 
him B, I hate this movie because he does. He doesn't call him Blade. Yo, B. Hey, what's up, B? Hey, B. And it's just like, he's like a static X fucking video come to life. He's a with generation his, with his X Jinko. Guy. He's got Jinko jeans on. And it's generation just, X. It's, everything is, I hate everything about it. 100%. He's the personification of new metal. Yeah. yeah. That's right. He is new metal. Scud is totally new metal. Okay, it's the Reaper strain is what they call it. Blood Pack is trained to hunt Blade and then fucking Ron Perlman makes a do you blush joke to which I'm assuming is because he's black because then they immediately hit him back with like an Adolf <laughs> joke and I'm like oh this is making me a little uncomfortable what was that can you blush <laughs> I, to be really honest I would love to give you like some great quotes to show how we were thinking about that and we were cognizant of its social impact um, and social commentary racial dynamic commentary but that wasn't it at all it was Guillermo de Toro's idea to add that into the movie it just gave you know some other dimension to the dynamic of these mercenaries being plunged into a, a, a predicament that they were all resistant to and one of the personalities was this guy who was kind of you know you could say a supremacist I don't even know if he's a white supremacist because he was a vampire but it really wasn't that wasn't really the intent and it was ancillary to you know what we were trying to accomplish in terms of the, in terms of entertainment House of Pain they're kind of vampires it's cool the Ron Perlman blade back and forth is okay after we got over the initial racism because then they tone it down a little bit and then it's just sort of uh, friendly jabs back and forth I mean I think that's one of the interesting things is that especially for that time and even now today it's hard to make a movie with a with a black character without someone feeling the need for there to be that commentary but the fact that those films didn't focus on that I think in itself is sort of revolutionary in that way and I'm sure it might have been the, a little bit of the appeal for you as well yeah I mean you know to your point that is a challenge within the industry and the mindset of the writers and the producers often they perceive once you put African-American or people of color in the film, then you have to address the social dynamic that may exist in the real world. I don't always agree with that. I think there's a time and place for everything. I mean, you can go, you can have a Thanksgiving dinner, but you don't have to put everything on the on the table. Who was the dude with the hammer? Light something? Light hammer. Light hammer. When he hits the, the fucking reaper in the head and it cranks his whole head like 90 degrees over. Pretty cool. And a practical effect, of, at least it appeared. When they were, when they were talking about the pheromones that they were going to use to attract the reapers, somebody said, I remember who it was. Maybe it might have, might have been Scud. And it says, they want us to spray on some suck puppy's nut juice. Really, really loud. And I was like, that's a line I got to type in these notes for whatever reason. Oh, once, once they get in the sewers where they're hunting the reapers and the, the, the sewers, and there's like skulls and skeletons and body parts everywhere. All that shit was really, really cool. <laughs> With that Demosquitos guy, they he captures all these fucking people. And then he literally brings them to the room with all those fetuses. And he says, I've brought you here to show you the fruits of my labor. Like he literally says what we're all thinking the cliche bad guy's gonna do he's like I gotta show you guys what I've been working on so you can destroy it all in, in the fucking movie and look like, at all my nut um, I, I didn't see Scud being a familiar coming in fact they, they kind of do the okie doke because they make Whistler seem like he's got some weird shit going on yeah. where he like disappears and they totally okie doke him and I, I completely fucking fell for it um, and then the explosion where they blow Scud up is extremely violent <laughs> like they, they do the fucking old like s- jump cut 
where yeah. it's just, just too he's holding it in his hand he's like oh shit and then it's like something actually exploding like a physical practical thing exploding thing. and it's just uh, yeah, it was a practical explosion you don't see body parts or anything but it was still uh, you, see, you see flesh do you see some flesh eh, it might have been some flesh but I was like cracking up dude it was hilarious um, I, sa- uh, I said Greg Abbott would be shocked at the number of fetuses Whistler terminated <laughs> I don't know because um, he just takes a machine gun and just guns down all these little fetuses and these things um, okay uh, the fight uh, in fight scene was good very Mortal Kombat uh, with the breaking bones where he's like cracking his arm yeah. and stuff like that that was cool um, Blade saved that chick multiple times and you figured at some point she would have had like a chance to like return the favor and she never does she just fucking sucks she's a really shitty character in this movie um, at no point does he say some motherfuckers are trying to ice skate uphill for that reason F plus for Blade 2 um, those are my those are my I, I personally like the very ending where the vampire that got away in the beginning is going to that sex peep show it, it, in part, and he like bumps into Blade he's like oh shit and then he like well, no, no, and he's getting the razor blades out yeah in, I remember yeah. thinking like oh this is gonna get fucking gruesome and he puts the coin he's ready to masturbate and it comes up and there's blade on the other side I just thought that was pretty fucking cool yeah it was the razor blades the box of tissues yeah, I think he might have had like, like lotion or dude, something and like, I was like oh, oh shit it's about to get crazy thank god Blade killed him because I did not want to see that Um. anyway Uh. okay so you said you like this movie I thought this movie was really good yeah. Uh. I, it was I think outside of the weird like rubber people I think most of the effects held up just fine at least watching it on the projector Um. all I could think of is that as much as I didn't like the rubber people is that if this was a modern Marvel movie the whole sequence would have been rubber people so I like appreciated the actual choreographed fighting way more yeah. even with the little bit of CGI I, in there I really like the blood pack I thought that was just kind of cool the blood pack's cool I mean everybody loves this the G.I. Joe yeah. utilization you know, we, we talk about it in Predator we talk about it in Aliens anytime you give me a lineup of dudes and they they're all badasses. do the right they're all the badasses and they were and when they do with like, we were training them to hunt you and now he gets to lead them it's just they're like okay let's do it this yeah. is aliens to alien yeah. uh let's do it i like i said all the sewer stuff was cool the 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 reaver mouth splitting open was was cool or resident evil ruined out. it by doing it in all their dumb movies well and i but, love resident evil but they they so ripped this movie off but i mean look it's a predator thing too yeah. they roar with the with the jaw open i mean look but surprisingly like didn't look bad like i was expecting it to look worse and maybe like the first time they did it it looked like it was like oh shit this is gonna suck but then the rest of the movie like it looks fine and i'm like this movie came out in 2000 or what or 2002 or whatever and i'm like this movie's got no business really like that should look like scorpion king stuff yeah. and it didn't it, i thought it kind of looked good so anyway I, I was down with the movie i i was a blast Still one of my favorite blade Sh- it was actually a shorter runtime than blade one weird they didn't go crazy and blow the runtime up yeah. like some certain movies we watch nowadays um i think it was like a buck 55 or something uh it was good i i had i had no problem with the movie it's not like i'm hate, it's not like i'm some i still prefer blade one sorry but uh but why did you I wait 24 it? years to watch i don't know two? i don't know i don't know why i hadn't seen that movie i expected to start watching it and be like oh i have seen this nope i have never seen that movie before i had no fu- i had no fucking clue whistler came back for two fucking more movies i had no clue um i had no idea and then you did you rewatch it recently or no. you watched it he like last year too yeah, yeah right? i saw it last year yeah, yeah. and he's saying it held up pretty well oh huh? yeah, yeah i enjoyed the whole movie so you you prefer the second movie to the first movie yes. what is it about that movie that, that puts it over the top versus the original uh the first 
first one. The, okay, now the first one does definitely has a cool vibe to it with the music. Deacon Frost is just oh wait, wait, yeah. The soundtracks are like I I don't know what they were trying to do in two with the music. Yeah, and three gets even worse. Uh, it, it's like you had the perfect model yeah. in the first one. Copy what you did in the first one. It's okay. Well, didn't they do more new metal in the second and third one? Isn't that what they ended up doing? Cause, yeah, because Jessica Biel's got like playlists and shit it, yeah. it, with her iPod, and it was like whatever. But now I really, really like the first one. I like the second one just a little bit more, just because they bring in the blood pack. Um, I love Ron Perlman, so I was like, already, right, I'm a huge fan. I liked Gilmore's movies already, so I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this. I like that they brought in a new type of vampire. Um, now the first one, I don't agree with Gilmore. I did enjoy it. I like the fact that they're vampires. He didn't enjoy the first one. Who? You said you did. You didn't agree with Gilmore, and you liked the first yeah, one because he was criticizing that you yeah. could have used gangsters yeah, or whatever. I, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, I, I, well, I but think, he didn't outright say he didn't like it. He just wanted. Yeah, yeah. He wanted. He wanted more of a horror feel to his vampires. I, I liked the vampire. I liked when they fucking popped off their teeth. You know, the sunscreen with the helmets was pretty cool. Um, I did think fucking Frost wearing like super sunscreen outside was a little dumb. Um, when he turned into the blood god, the fucking CG's just fucking no, tanked. But they, no, he never turned into the blood god. But remember, well, don't he, forget the alternate ending. No, where he cut the, his arm off. He's the his jello. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, he still does. Yeah, he turns into yeah, the I know, that's but, still but bad. that's it. That, all it is is when he cuts his stomach in half and his arm in half. Man, that's all just, the CGI in that it whole looks sequence. Bad, though. It's, it didn't hold up at all. I, I like the Pearl part where they're fucking torturing Pearl. I was like, oh, shit, that's fucked poor. up. So, no, what about when his mom in, almost makes out with him? When, uh, in their own in their awesome. own right, they're both really good. They're just two different takes on Blade. Where the first one, Blade's a lot more like he's a loner and Whistler's kind of his handler. And but trying to I, introduce he, this girl. Because really the movie's really introducing the, the female character to the world. And then, you know, she teaches him, oh, look, I can create this potion. We'll make him explode when you pop him. Which he never uses in the second one. I was like, if you got this weapon, why aren't you using it left to right? The movie, the first one felt more like, hey, we're bringing her in. She's your perspective into the first one. This is our world. The second was like, this is the world. This is fucked up. And it's even more fucked up because there's other king vampires and they're doing other weird shit. And like, you know, they're, you got gang, this, you know, they're creating uh, an army to take out. It was just more fun. It felt more fun to me. But the first one definitely had a cool vibe to it. The music worked with it. I liked, uh, what was the name of the, of, uh, of, uh, Frost's, the, the guy, the long with the, the long hair. He was in Gotham. Oh, oh, sure. The guy from Gotham. Yeah. yeah guy from Gotham. Yeah. I thought he was great. The dude and, who's just getting cut up all the time and chopped yeah, up. Just and just fucking yeah. getting beat up all the time through the whole movie. I mean, it, it was a nice little twist where, you know, fucking Blade's mom is still alive. She became a vampire. Though she kind of turns on him and has this weird, like, I'm going to fuck that's you That's part of what's moment. cool is it's fucked up. That's, yeah. a, that, that's the horror coming through. Yeah. And I like, you know, he's the day walker. He has all our strengths, none of our weaknesses. That's pretty cool. So the first I one, think he had more cool, like, like you know, the, the sunglasses when he cuts the dude's head off and the sunglasses yeah. and the techno star. They hit those moments perfectly yeah. in that first movie. I feel like they tried to do some of those in the second and third movies and none of them total ever. Yeah. They total did not. They did but not hit. Where they missed on that, they brought the horror, which the first one didn't have. I don't feel the first one was a horror movie. The, the first one had potential to be, like, they totally, for the third movie, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but where the they've got the people in, like, basically the big IV bags yeah. where they're... They, I remember seeing all the concept art for the original one in the very opening scene where the guy, where they're walking through the meat processing plant and yeah. the guy catches a glimpse of some of the body bags. They were supposed to be those and I think they actually made some, like, full-on IV bag sides with, yeah. like, people in them, but you only catch a little glimpse of it. Where well, I think I that's feel one like, of those instances where we were complaining that they cut out something that was really important. The, yeah. the, the, the plot hole that would have been filled if they hadn't and cut then the shit out. Like the third one, essentially, yeah. right? But, so, but, I, but I'll say the first one, and I want to know if you agree with this, and I, it might have been, we were talking about Scud as, like, living new metal in that movie. The first one, to me, is a little more timeless. Even with the techno music, I feel like it, it's, it would 
it holds up. There's not, there's less like, oh, that was 2002. There's no like overt racist jokes and the way everybody's dressing. Like the people who, the way they dress in the first one, if you told me that was shot in 2021 versus 1998, I probably, there's no like obvious, other than they're not talking on cell phones. Well, no. Whereas like two is really 2002. I'm not saying it doesn't hold up, but the way they talk, the the way they dress. I mean, you got Blade like fighting a, a little minute or a young vampire and she's doing karate and she's kicking him through glass walls. I mean, they're two different movies. Blade One is absolutely yeah, but she's not wearing an Urkel shirt. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing screams 1998. An action movie where Blade Two is absolutely a horror movie. Like what I'm saying is horror elements. If you'd never seen the movies before and you had to watch them both, and somebody said, "What year is Blade One from?" You could try and say like from the effects. Maybe you could try and place what year it is. If I I saw Blade Two, I'm like that shit's fucking. That shit is definitely had a '90s feel to it. When did Korn's third or fourth album come out? And that's when Blade. Two came out. Like I can tell you right now. Whereas I, I think Blade One is a little more timeless. Just saying, it's not I, as. I just, I don't. And then Blade as, Three is like. Well, hold on. She's got the to... iPod Three I, Nano. Again, again my, you know when saying? I look at them, I'm not looking at like what time. I'm looking at them as they're two different vampire movies. One is a a gangster almost type. It is kind of like they are a mob and they're trying to. They're they're taking out. They're doing their Michael Colini move where they're taking out all the bosses and and you know and they're gonna become the the vampire king or whatever. The other one is like more of your G.I. Joe. This is our hit squad. We're coming after you. They're two different movies. One's a horror movie. One's not. I, I enjoy them both. I just thought the second one was a lot more fun for me. Where the first one, Deacon is kind of boring. He's like, oh, I'm going to be the, you know, they you know they tell him all the time, well, you haven't even been a vampire that long. Like, uh, and like they're trying to insult him. But, but that does, he's, I he's think like, that's a like, new I'm, kind I'm, of allure I'm, though. I'm new money, your old money, your old ways. But but what other vampire? European versus American. Yeah, kind of, it, it almost. But like, have other vampire movies ever done that? Where you're not a pure blood you're half by i don't ever actually remember. well see because i read a lot of comics so if you read uh not sweet tooth um the vampire comics um fuck with the the main villains called american sweet vampire tooth. yeah american vampire they do that where like the european vampires are these well, american old, vampire came out years after i know, after I know. Though. But the concept has always been that the idea has always been that like they're old country this is new country it's like you know i don't remember that shit from any vampire movie i've ever watched where there's literally like beefing they're beefing houses of vampires but not where it's like you got bit and turned. You're some sort of lower level vampire than those of us that were born vampire. Like I, well, I don't. I, and before Blade, I don't remember there being any vampires versus vampire right. stuff at all. It's always like vampires preying on humans, not like a war between that. Yeah, I, I mean, there was something about the early 2000s where they did a lot of that stuff because you had Underworld, where's werewolves versus yeah. vampires and shit. But before, I don't remember that kind of shit. You had the monster mashes or the monster yeah. bash, whatever you want to call it, the uh, rallies, the monster rallies, where you'd have Frankenstein versus Dracula versus yeah. the Wolfman and shit. But that's a very different thing than the internecine uh, uh, strife between old and new vampires and shit. That was pretty unique to Blade, I think. That's, that's why I think we're all saying that, really. Yeah, but again, it, it felt more like a mob move. But I'm saying I'm saying Deacon Frost set that up, and they continue to use that throughout the other movies. So you, as much as you can be like, movies too, Deacon though. Frost is kind of, yeah, he's kind of... Well, oh, no, like, he's not, because no, because the second one, when you get to, what's his name, Dima, the vampire I Lord. already fucking forgot. Dima yeah. something. Yeah, where he wants to, you know, he's creating his own vampires, and, you know, he's just, he, he to 
me looked like Nosferatu. And I was like, okay, that, we're going old school. Like, he's not these sharp dressed Italian suit, like, fucking Udo tribal Gear, tattoos, tri tribal yeah. tattoos all over them. Like, those vampires were definitely screaming like, you know, oh, you know, we, we shop at fucking Gucci. Where when you watch the second one, when they go in his room, it's like, oh shit, dude, like, this is Naras, uh, Naras, what, um, I'm so fucking tired. Nosferatu. Nosferatu. And it's just that old timey kind of vampire. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, that's the vampire. The only problem I had with the vampires in the first one was they looked like fucking, you know, they were out of a catalog or something. They're, they're, they're Americans, but they look like Euro trash to yeah. yeah. So I was kind of like, yeah, but it was fine. I expect my vampires to come from Europe. I'm not, I, I don't, there was no American. I guess you could say what, Blade is like the first American vampire, except for like the ones they turned because he was born a vampire. Yeah, I, I think we definitely had American style vampires yeah. before then, but again, the clash between old and new, that I think was unique yeah. to Blade and, and was carried so, over into a Blade 2. So again, to me, I just look at like in two different movies. The first one is cool in its own way. Second one, it's a cool action movie. I enjoyed it more. So Third one, I've only seen once in the theater. Blade so. Trinity, yeah. It seems to me we can't get enough of our boogeymen. What's your take on all these rumors we've been hearing about vampires? If vampires existed, don't you think we would have found them by now? People want to be concerned. You should focus in on characters like the sociopath that we've been pursuing. He believes that he is out there slaying monsters. Why can't you just be nice? Because the world isn't nice. You're public enemy number one, Blade. We're gonna have to take on the rest of the world, too. Don't shoot! Don't shoot! He's fought the war against darkness alone. We use the humans to flush him out. Until now. Evening, ladies. This way! Who the hell are you people? My name is Hannibal King, and this little hellion right here is Abigail. Whistler's daughter. Yes, hunting just runs in our blood. It keeps. What the hell makes you think you know about hunting vampires? For starters, I used to be one. Rookies. Vampires were searching for the final solution. The original vampire. They found him. He was born perfect. This guy has never had to evolve. It's the end game, Blade. Time for Baymac. You ready to roll with this? Ready to die. This is the day I was born. Hold on, hold on. All I know for a fact now, all I can remember about that movie was when we went to go see it, and I and sat who's there. We, by the way, me and Pusgat. Yeah. We sat through it, and I remember thinking, this Ryan Ren this guy, this Ryan Reynolds guy, is the same in every fucking thing I've ever seen him. Because at the time, I think he did like two girls in a pizza place or Van two Wilder. Dudes. Yeah, like I, I had seen him in some stuff, and I'm like, it's the. This was well before Amityville Horror, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I had seen him in like the was it two guys, a girl, in a pizza place. I remember seeing that because my sister 
love that show. Yeah, the so TV we watched show. And I was like, okay, so he's always sarcastic. So I was like, I th- I thought he was funny. I thought some of the premise was kind of neat where like Dracula. Do you want to recap it real fast? I'll read the wiki. Yeah, I got it right here. A small group of vampires investigate. Oh, by the way, was this before or after X Men Origins Wolverine? This was uh, before, right? This is way before, yeah, and I have a, a note about that. Yeah. Uh, this is 2004. A small group of vampires investigates in an uh, ancient tomb in the Syrian desert, which they believe belongs to the very first vampire Dracula, also called Drake. To keep Blade from interfering, they frame him for the murder of a human familiar. FBI agents subsequently locate Blade's hideout and kill his mentor and friend, Abraham Whistler. Again, demoralized, Blade surrenders and is arrested. The vampire's familiars have arranged for the authorities to turn Blade over to them. He's rescued by Hannibal King and Abigail Whistler, Whistler, Abraham's daughter, who invite Blade to join... uh, Hannibal King is Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Abigail Whistler is Jessica Biel. And you'll note Hannibal King comes from Tomb of Dracula and from Night Stalkers. Mm. Uh, Who invited Blade to join their band of vampire hunters, the Night Stalkers. In no way resembling the character from the comics, of course, because he wasn't fucking Ryan Reynolds in the comic books. Uh, From them, Blade learns that Danica Talos, an old enemy of King, has revived Drake. Who plays Danica Talos again? What's her name? God damn it. Parker Posey, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Parker Posey has a posse. Yeah. And apparently, I think, I guess there was a band or something. I just remember seeing that icon in in Houston press or or in Houston nightclubs or something. I think it was a sticker that was circulating around, but it was a shot of Parker Posey with her vampire fangs and say, Parker Parker Posey has a posse. I don't know what it meant, but it just was striking to me. From them, Blade learns that Danica Talos, an old enemy played by Parker Posey, an old enemy of King, has revived Drake with the goal of using his powers to cure vampires. Please let me finish this one sentence. She, if I recall correctly, was the person who turned him and had him as her vampire sex slave. Yes, that may be later on we haven't don't spoil the wikipedia for me no i said it's that was really young that's as uh, the first the vampires drake is able to drake is able to survive in sunlight along with the newly innovative ultraviolet sun dog ammunition the night stalkers have created an experimental bioweapon known as daystar capable of killing vampires at a genetic level however they need a pure blooded source to make it uh, effective as drake is too powerful to kill via normal means they hope that the virus will kill him and his blood uh in the mix ensure the rest of the species wiped out but also fear that this will include Blade himself. Eager to test Blade, Drake isolates him from the Night Stalkers. He explains his view that all humans and vampires are inferior in his eyes and he intends to wipe them from the Earth. Abigail finds evidence of the vampires' plans for human subjugation, a network of blood farms where brain-dead humans are drained of their blood from vampire uh, for bl- vampire consumption. Blade deactivates the farm's life support and executes the familiar who had been rounding up homeless humans for the vampire. Is that Triple H? Nope. Triple H is in the movie. Yeah, he's one of the vampires. He's one of the main vampires. And actually, actually... This this was what the black I, I, cop that he executed. There's certain parts I hate. The thing I hate is the poodle is a vampire. Uh, we're going to get to it. Where it opens Retur- its mouth. Oh. Returning to the Night Stalker's hideout, Abigail and Blade find all of them dead except for King uh, and Summerfield's daughter, Zoe, both of whom have been taken captive. A recording left by Summerfield, played by what's her name from Russian Dolls? What's her name? Yeah, poker Face. And Natasha. Natasha uh, Leon. Yeah. Oh, wait, uh, so Ryan Reynolds' character gets killed in the movie? No. No, no. no. Remember they meet up with those young, uh, that group of people that are night I've stalking. seen it one time. Okay, well, N- uh, Natasha Leon is the blind computer yeah. programmer wasn't she yeah. yeah so which one was uh what's his name king nerd um uh, i don't remember i i remember leon because no I no like no, no. The and guy, my, and, um uh, yeah, uh, uh, my girlfriend's a big fan of hers now pat noswalt that's right that's right but which is going to be important later on i'm sure not the character is it because he's fucking dead as of what i that paragraph yeah. i true um okay you remember why he'd be important to this story though because he tells all the backstory shit that right that's right that's right honestly i know more about that than i know about the fucking movie because i saw it once but i've seen all that shit so i know like all the let me finish um blade and abigail arrive and free the captives drake eventually bests blade in combat and prepares to kill him with his own sword abigail fires the 
Daystar arrow, but Drake catches it before it strikes him. He drops it to the floor by Blade, not realizing the danger it poses to him. Abigail shoots Drake with another arrow, this time wounding him. Blade uses the distraction to stab Drake with a Daystar arrow, triggering a chemical reaction that completes the Daystar virus, releasing it into the air. The virus becomes airborne, killing Danica and the rest of the vampires as Drake slowly succumbs to his wounds uh, and the virus. He praises Blade for fighting honorably, but warns that he will eventually succumb to his need for blood. The thirst, as he calls it. Thus providing uh, that Blade is the future of the vampire race. Using the last of his power, Drake shapeshifts into Blade. The FBI recover, which was, was like, what just happened? The FBI recover the body, but as they begin the autopsy, they tra he, it transforms back into the deceased Drake. King narrates that Drake's final transformation was a gift so that Blade could escape, leaving Blade free to continue fighting his never-ending war against the forces of evil. Actually, I would say that he escaped so that he could ensure that what he said, you're going to get the thirst, you're going to make vampires again, so you need to be able to be out of jail. Anyway, apparently there's an unrated extended edition. The body in the morgue does not transform back into Drake. Blade awakens as the autopsy begins and attacks the doctors and FBI agents present. The scene ends as he menacingly approaches a cowardly, a, a cowering orderly. King narrates the virus did not kill Blade as the human half of his heart did not stop beating. It only slowed down, causing him to enter a comatose state until his body was ready to fight again. In another alternate ending, the Night Stalkers reappear six months later, having tracked a werewolf to a casino in Asia. Would you like to hear my notes? Sure. Blade 3 Trinity, the Syrian desert. Is that Triple H? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, a weird lower, uh, a weird Power Ranger villain climbs out of the sand because Drake in the very beginning has a Power Ranger armor like Dr. Zod or whatever. What's that guy's name? What's that? Uh, Zed. Zed. I hate, did Black Adam rip off Blade Trinity? I didn't watch it. Yeah. I might have. I feel man. like Black, I, I feel like this movie's kind of ripping off some mummy shit. Anyway, when he jumps his charger out of the back of an 18-wheeler, the first thing I thought of was like Fast the Furious ripped this fucking movie off. So I, I have a, this is a 1968 Dodge Charger. I have a 1970. They're basically the same fucking car on the inside and when he hits the wiper button, that's the same wiper button in my car so it was kind of cool to to clean the shit off there. Anyway, whatever. Alright, uh, that's a little inside baseball. I thought when he kills that familiar and they were setting him up for murder and it was recorded everywhere, that was actually kind of clever. I thought it was kind of clever. Yeah. I didnn't hate that. Also kind of a shades of Rodney King kind of thing so it's like kind of getting into racial stuff without getting into racial stuff. Yep. Um, Jessica Biel is extremely hot. Uh, Whistler absolutely shotgunning cops and then suicide bombs himself was uh, a lot. Um, when the therapist is talking to Blade and the therapist turns out to be what's Parker Posey, right? I think so, yeah. Are you, is it the same chick that unearthed Drake? I think so. So Parker Posey, yeah. He, she's in that. No, 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 no. It's the dude. The dude therapist who I turns out to be a familiar. Oh, wasn't it a black dude? No, no, no. White guy. I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah. And where he's all like, isn't there something sexual about it? The fluids or whatever. And it was just like, what the fuck is going on? It was really weird. Um, Ryan Reynolds uh, getting Blade out. Then he badassly walks through a police station, absolutely destroying the cops because Blade just wrecks the entire fucking cops. Um, this is a very anti-cop yeah. franchise. Wesley Slipe Snipes absolutely nails. Are you nails out of your goddamn mind? It's like, yeah, it's always been anti-cop. Wesley Snipe Snipes absolutely nails the superhero landing in these movies. And he does the, the Audi Granov Iron we Man landing We had a whole argument in the last yeah. podcast where I was trying to say that he invented the superhero pose and you guys were vehemently against that. I, I feel like it has to have been somewhere else, but this is now twice before any MCU Superman. movies come out. Yeah, you kept saying Christopher Reeve Superman and we kept saying there's no fucking way. No, at no point did you see Christopher Reeve do the superhero pose. Not that one. Not the crouch. Not the land. Ryan crouch. Reynolds has a glyph right above his dick. You see his pubes. You see his dick root and they show it a few times. Oh yeah. The, we got caught with our pants down and the next guy goes, pants down? Just say we got ass raped. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude? Ryan Reynolds is doing Ryan Reynolds things. I think I bought a mini helicopter from a booth in the 
the mall from the guy playing Dracula because he, <laughs> he looks like a, uh, vampire vibrators. We forgot about the hot topic with the vampire vibrators. That was funny. N- Natasha Leone, Patton. That, o- that, that Dracula is so offended by the way dra- vampires are portrayed in modern media that he destroys the vampire vibrator shop was so, so fucking stupid. That was such a dumb sequence. Well, movie. I think it was also, you know, he it was like, I think, I think everybody was sick text. of hot, even in 2004, people were sick of hot topic. And that's I, th- I think it was a meta text thing where uh, he was like doing his boy prime shit with Dracula. He was like, you guys, you're, you're blade movies, you're ruining vampires, you're not making them scary anymore, blah, blah, blah. I think it was that, the, the, that was what he was trying to do with that. So uh, then I said, uh, Natasha Leone, Patton Oswalt, Parker Posey, Jessica Biel, Wesley Snipes, and Ryan Reynolds. How is this cast have so many like name people in it? Ryan Reynolds in this movie makes X-Men Origins Wolverine even worse. He's literally fucking Deadpool in 2004. Mm-hmm. How the fuck did they cast this guy to be mute in X-Men Origins Wolverine to be Deadpool, who was the wisecracking asshole? It, I am like the mental gymnastics to fuck that up. And again, it was dumb before I'd even seen this movie. And you see this movie and you're like, oh, he's just fucking Deadpool. He's literally Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, and I don't give a shit about any of these characters. I don't give a fuck about Deadpool. And I was just like, I, I get the outrage even more now having seen Blade 3. The Draco Blade chase scene from building to building and stuff was a little weak with the CGI, but for the most part was pretty entertaining. At some point, somebody tells Blade, I can't tell you they'll kill me. And he says, motherfucker, I'll kill you, which was a funny scene. That bl- it was the black cop he was talking to. And that's when he takes me to the blood bank. Uh, I thought the blood bank was fucking creepy where they're basically abducting like uh, homeless people mm-hmm. and people with mental problems and sealing them up in those things. And then Blade basically pulls the plug on all of them. They fucking, he, they just shut it down. They all fucking die. It's really kind of crazy. Blade don't care. Why they have a blind person in charge of the security monitors? I don't know. And then I said, goddamn vampire Pomeranian. <laughs> because they've been crossbreeding vampires with animals. And I'm like, this is some Resident Evil shit. Yeah. Where now they've got Rottweiler vampires running around. I'm like, we didn't need any of that. And it just says this whole scene is silly as hell. He calls her a cock juggling thunder cunt. I believe that was uh, Ryan Reynolds to Parker yeah, Posey's yeah. character. Pretty we didn't sure need vampire dogs. We definitely didn't need to throw vampire dogs off the top of a building. The, and then I, I say again, this whole scene with the, choreo- the choreography blade sword fight with Draco would now just be two CGI rubber people thing. So I was giving it props for that. And the By the way, dr- uh, do you remember who played Dracula in this movie? He's, he's a he, guy well, too. He comes out in... Uh, he's Heat Wave in heat wave, yeah. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. And he was in the prison show too. You got it. Yeah. Prison Dominic break, Cooper, I think is no, what's his name? Is it Dominic Cooper? Oh. No, Dominic. He looks Cooper's Armenian. Somewhere. Yeah, he looks he looks like I bought a helicopter in the mall room. Um <laughs> my friend, my friend, my friend. He's offering well, to wash women's hair too. all the time during the holidays at the uh, the booths. No, Dominic Cooper's fucking Tony's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. you're an idiot. What Preacher. What's that guy's name? Yeah. Um Well, there's a link there. Click on the fucking link. No, now I'm in my notes. Okay, so you you can eat a dick. Um He's the heat wave guy. <laughs> you juggle juggle cocks. What does it say? You cock juggling thunder cunt. You cock juggling thunder cunt. Uh, Draco shapeshifting into oh no okay sorry um, the Draco predator mouth isn't that bad at all and it it wasn't that bad it should have looked way worse than that and it didn't look that bad Wait, he had the predator mouth or what when he starts because he does the same shit the re- the reaper strain oh, I don't know that. oh yeah the whole movie dude, he, dude, he I've, opens up I've seen the movie like one time when it came out yeah because the reaper strain was just trying to go further back to Draco they're all trying to replicate Draco okay um, or Drake not Draco Draco shapeshifted into Blade so the cops took his body to the morgue? Okay. Okay, then uh, I've got some notes on Patton Oswalt and uh, David Goyer and everything. Well, and I think this is a situation where Fix-It can, can well, talk on, first, a little bit. Can I talk? So you saw the movie once. And what happened when you saw it once? You didn't like it because you only saw it once? Yeah, I just remember thinking, like, this movie's really bad. Like, I just remember
remember thinking it was a really bad movie. I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Okay, what about you? I didn't see it until last year. Okay, I mean, I didn't see it till Wednesday of this week. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck does that mean. The, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think this it was, movie has a bad reputation. It's got a bad reputation. Hey, yeah. this movie not that bad. I, I'm I sorry, I just it. I don't think it's that bad. It's it's this movie's a comedy. If you thought the first and second Blade were two different kind of vampire movies, this this movie is super fucking silly. Again, they got the iPod stuff and and they're trying to play Blade as like the straight man. Doesn't it, doesn't she have some kind of laser or something on her crossbow? Oh yeah, there's like a weird UV blade thing. Yeah. No, no, that, but all these movies have stupid fucking tech stuff. So if you're not if you don't like the James Bond tech no, stuff, no, no, you're no. in the wrong no, no, no. In vampire. The one, no, no, no. The first one he used silver or silver laced weapons until they get the shots and, that blow their bodies. Yeah. up, Which by the way still looks good in that first play. Um, it goes off the rails from there. Um, so they oh, all these movies have to one up the gadgets. Yeah. That's, that's a gadget based movie. They're gonna there's do a lot kind of, of fucking gadgets a lot in a Blade Two specifically. A lot. Uh, the light bombs and shit. Yeah, that's yeah. not remote. The light bombs grounded. are really dumb. As much as I look, I well, like Blade Two. Because literally, bombs it's are supposed to be stupid. like a, a burst of sunlight specifically. It's not like a, a light in general. It's like somehow they've captured sunlight. Oh, UV, and super UV com- rays. Yeah, but yeah. they had all these little ones. Like and then when he sets off, so we're now going to go back to Blade Two. When they set off the big bomb, it just goes throughout the entire sewer system. Why didn't you just drop that fucking thing in there, detonate it, and leave? Mm-hmm. Like, why were they waiting to get the ground? Trying to get the nest or something. But then they show you it doesn't matter. It goes through the whole fucking system anyway. Anyway, that was again dumb gadgets throughout all these movies. If if you're not buying into the dumb gadgets, you're in the wrong franchise. Um, but yeah, it just had a lot of really dumb hokey jokes. But again, it had Ryan Reynolds in it, so it's I just thought this was going to be way worse. I thought it was going to be way 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 worse. The plot like made sense. They had the the you know the where they had the uh, the familiar frame him. A random guy gets killed on camera, and the FBI sends a strike team with heavy machinery, heavy guns. Uh, Rating shit of over one guy. That's that was a little fantastic. Well, but they, but they've been saying they've been trying to go after him. They right. never they had just, any. Yeah. But but the, like the, the reason they didn't have any proof because when, it all when, turned when, to dust. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. I well, I mean, and then make it clear that the vampires have uh, infiltrated the police force, the FBI. Yeah. So it's just them. Yeah, finally have an excuse. Now they've literally got a video recording yeah. of him murdering a human being. That's all you got to do. And now they can use the vampires can use all that shit to go Public after. Public sentiment him. swings to the FBI. Right. Exactly. Now he's a vigilante. Um, and then they start shotgunning. Cops and suicide bombing. Oh, okay. Because they didn't have any uh, body cam of that stuff. I just uh, had uh, Adam Scott on the show. And we, oh! We talked a little bit about Blade. Mm-hmm. The movie, uh, Blade. Comic book Blade. Oh, yeah. And then I was reminded by my producers, were you in Blade? I was in... Oh, I wish I was in Blade. That The first <laughs> two movies are fantastic. I am in Blade Trinity, which uh, <laughs> is... No. No. Um, here's what I'll say about Blade Trinity. If you watch, and, and by the way, I'm friends with the writer-director, and he agrees with me on this. If you just sit and watch Blade <laughs> Trinity, it's a D minus. It just doesn't work. But if you know what they went through to get that movie made, yeah. it is an A plus. The fact that that movie exists puts it above Citizen Kane. The fact that they, with all the craziness that went down, we were in Vancouver, and Wesley Snipes was going crazy. But, uh, so yeah, but I'm not saying there's not dumb moments. They had a blonde chick monitoring the fucking cameras. I know. Look, it's <laughs> there's a lot of dumb stuff in this movie. It is not nearly as good as the first two. This movie was not that bad. I have seen several Marvel movies worse than this movie. Most of them have Ant-Men in them. Uh... This movie was like an hour and forty five minutes long. It, I'm sorry, it was just it's just not that bad. I haven't. I'd have to rewatch. It's just it. not that bad. I, I'm I'm going off again of what I saw a long.
long time ago. 19 and, years ago, yeah, roughly. And all these stories that Patton Oswalt has told about how good transition. Shitty. Tell us the stories then. Uh, well, one I know is that, what, that uh, Wesley Snipes wouldn't communicate with the director, which was Goya, right? Yeah. He would only communicate with fucking like post-its or some shit like that, or they couldn't be in the same room at the same time. And, and, and he signed the post-blade. Like, yeah, I mean, just like real childish shit like that. Where you, <laughs> well, you, this isn't so childish. Patton alleges that Snipes tried to strangle David Goya. <laughs> Uh, Just a little bit more, Wesley. You almost saved us. Yeah, so he says that the director was scared enough to add a little extra security from bikers he met at a strip club. David says to them, I'll pay for your drinks if you show up to the set tomorrow to pretend to be my security. They agreed, and the deal (laughs) showed up the next day when Wesley freaked out and went back to his trailer. Snipes has denied Patton's claim. Let me tell you one thing. If I tried to strangle David Goyer, you probably wouldn't be talking to me right now. A black guy with muscles strangling a director of a movie is going to jail, I guarantee you. Uh, Oswald discussed in a conversation that Goyer had with Snipes. Wesley sat down with David and was like, I think you need to quit. You're detrimental to this movie. And David was like, why don't you quit? We've got all your close-ups and we can shoot the rest of the movie with your stand-in. And that freaked Wesley out so much that for the rest of the production, he would only communicate with the director through post-it notes. And he would sign each post-it note from Blade. (laughs) I tell you what, if you could find those post-it notes, you could probably sell those motherfuckers for some money. Patton also alleges that Snipes would smoke weed all day in his trailer and opted to stay in character. And furthermore, that the film's entire tone shifted during its tumultuous production. Originally, Blade Trinity was meant to be more serious. However, it ultimately pivoted to a campier and lighthearted story featuring Bane ba- Blade battling Dracula. I don't see how any movie where they cast Ryan Reynolds and Patton Oswalt was supposed to ever be serious at any yeah. point in time. There's a scene where Blade goes in and confronts this guy for harvesting humans, and that scene was supposed to be a whole basis of the film. Blade is fighting for the last shred of humanity. They thought that was just so fucking grim, <laughs> they decided to have Blade fighting Dracula. That's funny to me. Uh, Goyer called the experience of working with Snipes the most personally and professionally difficult and painful thing I've ever been through. This dude has made a lot of movies. I know, that's sad. The third installment collectively ended the Blade franchise. Critic Brian Orndorff wrote, a train wreck set to a booming soundtrack, turning vampire hunting into a screen chore while it almost intentionally torches the macabre groundwork laid by the first two features. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't. I mean, I, you could never go back to, you couldn't do a Blade 4 after Blade 3. Yeah, no. You, uh, you gotta reboot. Right, like, you, it did end the, the trilogy, but man, I thought this movie was gonna, like, not make sense or look I'm not, it has got zombie dogs and I have appropriately shat on those zombie dogs or uh, uh, vampire dogs but I mean out of some bad some bad jokes I'm like this movie makes perfect sense it even fits with the lore from the second movie where they were trying to get this reaper strain and the mouths open and they kept the mouths opening in this movie but he and he's the one who has all none of the weaknesses including daylight and that's who they were trying to get it should even make sense within its own in con- own continuity so I didn't have any problem with it okay, I have to rewatch it I have I can't and at least that. they were still doing shit like having like they still it wasn't I, like they didn't kitty it up is what I mean. What, I this movie wasn't ho- hold on. This movie wasn't hokey and funny because they were trying to give it a PG rating to get more people in. This was still an R fucking movie. They're calling people cunts. They're shooting cops with shotguns. Like you know what I mean? It's when you try to if they would have said oh they tried to get more like we we only we had an, we had an audience cap with an R rated movie so we had to get it down to a PG thirteen or PG doing the Terminator right 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 they, they couldn't they were like Blade you can't kill anybody dude it's your prime directive now and he's just like wounding vampires or whatever you know what I mean instead like he murders a guy in the beginning of the fucking movie and even he's like oh I fucked up but wait a minute my question is yeah go ahead at any time in the film did any motherfucker try to ski uphill nobody no motherfuckers at any point past the first movie ever tried to ice skate uphill at least it was not vocally conveyed to me that that was what the case was I still think you could argue that Drake was trying to ice skate uphill 
but they didn't tell me. I'm having to, I'm having to no prize that. No prize it. Nighttime is no place for the living. Communists, nocturni. Vampires. This is Vampire Ash. That's it? Bonus question. Great. You pissed off the House of Cathan. Do you know how? Yeah, I asked the heavy hitter. Winston helped. Helped? You sure? Two years ago, I watched him serve up a Cub Scout at a party. I'm sure. Hey. Hey. Hey, do not take my money! That is some bullshit! Hey. About you Ashton vampires. Yeah. Keep it up. As you said, bit of a reboot, bit of a pivot. Bike Television, the Man Network, the the Lad Mad Mag Network. When Maxim and Stuff reigned the newsstand over the newsstands, uh, you had the television show. David Goyer uh, was joined by his sometimes comic writing partner Jeff Johns. They developed a TV show. It ran what about thirteen episodes or so? Never seen an episode. You did too. Well, I saw. No, no, I did. I watched a couple of them. Like the House of Chaton, yeah. which was like the the feature length pilot, I think. Yeah, you're right. No, I did. And I think you watched some episodes. Had sticky fingers. In it, right? Right. Now, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. The, I, the only thing I know Sticky Fingers from is he was played Blade on a TV show. What? What? Who is this guy? What does he do? He's a. He was a rap group called Onyx. Oh, Slam! Let the boys be boys. Slam! Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I know who the fuck that is. Okay. See, good. See, good, see Frank, we know you're not from the hood, man. We know I, you're no, not I from know, the streets. I don't claim to be. I think if you um, say Slam by Onyx, you're not necessarily from the hood. Don't right, you're getting right. any cred on the hood. You got some street cred. You got a little street cred. Did they ever use that in a Pringles ad? So I. I did not. I never see House of Chathon uh, because I, I could, it wasn't available online. I was not going to pay for any of this bullshit. But much of the TV show was on YouTube, and I watched the majority of the TV series. How much? You said you watched a few episodes, and you definitely watched the TV movie. I think I, yeah, right? I think I watched the TV movie and like maybe an episode. And this and was I, all during first run, I assume. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Uh, do you remember anything about any of that? I mean, you just literally didn't remember you'd seen it. I don't remember. Her, I don't remember there being any vampires. Like there were only vampires. <laughs> there were, but like not like in the 
movies, though. There was more like... I remember Sticky Fingers trying to do his best impersonation of Wesley Snipes, where uh, it, it was definitely an actor pretending to be the actor playing the character more than his interpretation of the character. At least that's what I, I, I got. I think he did state that he was trying to come at it from a different interpretation, that he respected what Wesley Snipes had done, but he was trying to do his own thing. How successful he was that, I'm not sure. Now, he, as a raptor, do you know that he's ever done anything else besides Blade? Oh, I don't know. Okay. And he had a decent build. He wasn't as, as uh, you know, he was... He was he, he did was, seem short, though, didn't he? He seemed a little squat, and <laughs> he, he seemed a little really thick, short. but also a little soft. He didn't have a good... He had he had muscle tone, but not great definition. Yeah. He had muscle, obviously, but he, he wasn't as... He didn't seem like hot. he had presence on the screen. We talk about dudes' bodies on this show a, a lot. lot. Hey, a we are lot. a cock-obsessed trio, too. Absolutely. Um, I mean, what? What? <laughs> since you've been whipping out all these synopses off of the Wikipedia, why, why don't you tell us the basics of the TV series with the help and of crowd boys forcing. be boys. Slam? Soldier Chris. Exactly. Soldier Krista Starr returns from military service in Iraq to learn that her twin brother Zach has died in mysterious circumstances. Her investigation revealed that Zach has been a familiar, a human who serves a vampire in hope of eventually being rewarded with eternal life. Krista's search leads her to Marcus Van Syver, Zach's killer, and to Blade, a vampire hunter. Marcus is a powerful vampire, high-ranking member of the House of Chathan. Smitten with Krista, Marcus turns her into a vampire by injecting her with his own blood. Krista is then approached by Blade, who injects her with the serum he uses to control his own vampire instincts, offering her a chance to avenge both her brother's death and help him bring down Marcus and the House of Chthon. Blade reveals Zack was helping him with a sting operation, and he and Krista form a reluctant partnership. If I can track you, so can Chthon. I had to see my mother. Get in. If Marcus even suspects you still have a link with your past. Marcus spends his time renovating old buildings. I don't think a link to my That's past. That's his cover. Yours doesn't include dropping in on mom's. <laughs> if you're pissed about Fritz, it... No. You played it right. <laughs> How's that healing? Slowly. Good. Now what did they give to Fritz to make him immune? It's called Aurora. What is? Some kind of vaccine. Marcus made it. Someone made it for him. Any ideas about that? No. Are they all on it? I don't know. Get me a sample. <laughs> sure, I'll get right on that. And while I'm doing that, what are you going to be doing? Looking for a vampire named Sands. Why? He may be one of Marcus's failed experiments. See if he can lead me to the doctor in charge. I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. You wanted to know what Marcus is up to? I told you. If I get you this vaccine, this this Aurora thing, that's your proof. After that, I'm done. The remainder of the season follows Chris's attempts to maintain her cover in the House of Chathan while struggling with her growing predatory nature and Marcus's work on the Aurora Project, intended to develop a vaccine to render vampires immune to the traditional weaknesses, silver sunlight garlic, sounds familiar. It's revealed that Marcus has sabotaged the project and created a virus that is deadly to purebloods, quote unquote, the ruling vampire class, and leaves unscathed the true bloods vampires who were once human. With Blade's help, he eventually unleashes his weapon in the series finale. Question number one. One, was this before or after True Blood? This was 2006. True Blood had to be, it was earlier than that. 2008 for True Blood, before okay. True Blood. Just, now the books were already out. I don't, then. I know nothing about True Blood, so okay, don't yeah. even. You didn't watch True Blood? No, 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 no. It, it was a really good first few seasons, and then it I heard it turns completely to shit. shits the yeah, bed. Yeah. That's what I hear. So, yeah, it's definitely, for starters, while you were reading that synopsis, how many times did you say the name Krista? Yeah. First, the number of times you say Blade. That's what I was going to say. I was like, this sounds like a Krista TV show where Blade pops in. It's a Krista TV show. It's like, I think that what happens is that Goyer 
character has such a strong sense of what he wants Blade to be, which I think is really the, as one-dimensional a character as humanly possible, that it, he's basically boxed in since he won't, he refuses, adamantly refuses to develop Blade beyond Vampire Hunter. It's like, okay, well, I have to make the show about a whole other character and he's basically a supporting character in his own show. And so, yeah, it is about Krista and her conflicted relationship with the vampire guy who's also working against the vampires but for his own means and kind of a soap opera kind of thing going on. It's got some okay action, but, I mean, sticky thing is he's a martial artist, so he can't do the action as well as Wesley Snipes. He doesn't have the charisma of Wesley Snipes and he's and he's playing Goyer's Blade, so he has, whether it's his limitations as an actor or the limitations of the vision of the character under Goyer, he's just not that compelling. And they do some stuff like there's a, there's a story arc with Bokeem Woodbine, who's way more interesting on screen, way stronger screen presence. It's like he he just blows sticky fingers off the screen whenever he's on there. So what had happened is apparently Blade had turned a, a gang, like he'd been brought into a gang that were like kind of helping him and trying to, to give him safety, a shelter, and he repaid them by sucking their blood and turning them all into vampires. And so it's a vampire gang that are mad at Blade and try to hunt him down and make him, you know, suffer for him having turned them all into vampires, right? And so Bokeem Woodbine is the leader and he is just so much better, so much more compelling, so much more charisma that you're like, why am I not watching the Bokeem Woodbine Blade series instead of the Sticky Fingers bullshit? And it's not that I hate Stingy, Sticky Fingers. He's okay. He's 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 passable, but he's kind of mall Blade at the same time. Funny he's, he's Spirit Halloween Blade. Right, right. You see it? <laughs> totally, totally, yeah. The the lead actress reminds me so much of Jennifer Esposito, but she's actually a white chick, but she, she's she got kind of a Latina quality to her, or she's just got a deep tan. The action's okay. It's all, it's an all right show. It's it's not terrible. I would say it's got like decent reviews. Yeah, it's, but it just, it was on Spike and it cost too much money. With this project, it was a kind of an experiment because I knew that people did not like the later Blade material. And I didn't want to taint myself by watching the good stuff and then going on to the quote-unquote bad stuff. So I mostly did the shows in a reverse. I started watching the Blade TV show and worked my way backwards to the movie. So having watched Blade the series on its own, having missed the beginning and also the ending, I don't think that the final episode was on YouTube, just watching essentially the middle. And at least one episode involved strippers and there was like some kind of age gate or some shit and I never was willing to sign in to see Blade through the age gate. Or maybe they just didn't have it or maybe they censored it. I don't remember, but I couldn't see it. And so I just watched the episodes I could watch, but it was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't high art. I'm not like some fan. I'm not going to go out and buy the series on DVD or anything like that. It's available. It's, it's way less bad because I've, again, that's one of those things where I heard it was awful. It's terrible. It's not. It's just okay. It's better. Like I, I, I was watching Mutant Deck and there's like one or two Mutant X plots that just get recycled over and over again episode to episode. It's like it's almost the exact same show every episode. It's like a Groundhog Day series. At least Blade had the soap opera elements. At least Blade had some sort of mo- forward motion. It was a bit plotting, but it has decent action, different distant, uh, direction, decent grips. Not, it's not that bad. My name is Eric Brooks. I hunt vampires. Those creatures that prowl the night preying on humans.
I was born half human, half vampire. I share many of their traits, but not their greatest weakness. I'm a daywalker, which means I can tolerate the sunlight. I'm on a mission to hunt down and kill those monsters that have plagued humankind for so long. The vampires have their own name for me. They call me Blade. From Marvel, the makers of modern myth. An iconic anti-hero. Brought to life with light speed action and ambitious storytelling. He walks by day to take back the night. I also checked out Blade, the anime. There was that period of time where I think it was, again, it was either, either G4 or... I think it was G4 that was doing it. The, the Japanese were making Marvel anime series. I don't know if they were releasing them for video or what in Japan. But they did Wolverine, Blade, and I think one other one. Was it the full X-Men team? Okay. And I watched as many of the Blade episodes as I could find for free. So did you ever watch the anime? Either the Wolverine or the Blade one? Because you know Warren Ellis, I think, was supposed to have developed the, the basics of, of the two shows, if I remember correctly. I didn't get a lot of impression of where he would have contributed to those shows, but I think I saw his name in the credits of at least the Blade show. I saw some of the Wolverine and some of the X-Men. I never saw any of the Blade. You saw any of the Blade? It's on Hulu. And I want to say the fellow from Oz was the voice of Blade on the cartoon. Never saw it. You, remember, you know who I'm talking about? The guy who, who replaced Tank on in the Matrix? Oh, yeah. He's a really good character actor. He was in uh, Lost. He was in um, The Rookie. Shit, what's his name? He was in Oz is the guy in the wheelchair. Harold Perineau? Perineau. Perineau. Yeah. Perineau. I think... Uh, I think he's the voice. I thought the anime fucking sucked. I hated really? that shit. And they like they don't have a whistler in that. They have some other guy who's like some hoity-toity Englishman or some shit. And he's the mentor. And then he gets like captured by this uh, flying harpy person. And they're like they're these harpy vampires that we'll, this blade has to go after. And there's like some young. I don't know if she was a vampire girl or not, but he teams up with this teenage girl. And at some point, Wolverine shows up, and they're in Madripoor. Part of the show takes place in Madripoor, and so. Wolverine's helping them fight vampires. And I, I saw the beginning of that one. They have to definitely have the pilot available online. I didn't like the voice acting. I didn't like the writing. I didn't like the animation. I didn't like a goddamn thing about the fucking anime. So here's one for you. They also did a Witchblade anime. Yeah, I haven't watched that either, though. That was when they did the Lady Death one, too, right? I think Around so. It's pretty much yeah. hot. Save it for <laughs> Top point. Cow Presents. <laughs> right. Then you go to Blade Trinity. And I am 100% with you on that. I think that that movie is way overhated. Is there a, a clear drop from the first two movies to Trinity? Absolutely. Absolutely. David Goyer is not a good director. Not it, a good writer. Not a good writer either. But also, if you look at his filmography, if you look at the movies he's directed, they've all been flop and they've all been fucking terrible and justifiably bad. If I'm Wesley what, Snipes... So are we, I was going to say, okay, no, but keep doing what you're doing because you're about yeah. to answer the question I was about to say. If I'm Wesley Snipes and I find out that the guy whose writing has not impressed anybody on any of these fucking movies has pulled a Simon Kenberg and is going to decide 
uh, did his directing debut. I think he did like one little small picture before that that wasn't even released or some shit. Is like you know I don't even know it was like a student film or something like that. You're gonna draw write direct my next movie and my action series, my franchise. I'd be fucking pissed off too, yeah. and I'd be looking to fucking sabotage you. And I would probably be looking at you saying, you know what, you're a problem. You're you're making this movie bad. I want you gone. I don't want you directing my movie. And you think because he's a producer on these movies, Amon Ra is his production company, and all these movies were co-produced with Amon Ra. I'm not sure if Amon Ra was involved with TV show. So I'm not sure how that would have been decoupled. Or it might have been involved, so maybe Wesley Snipes was making some money off of it, but clearly he didn't have a lot of say over what was happening on that show. Was he in jail by then? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it was a little... Well, maybe. 2013, I think? No, you said two, 2006, right? I'm talking about the TV series. Right, right. But I wasn't... I thought Snipes went to jail like 08 or so. He might have been under legal troubles by then. Because I know he's out in time to be in one of the Expendables movies, and I think that was like 2013 or so. He went to jail in 2008. Okay. And the show was 2006. Yeah. So they, so he might. He was probably having legal issues by 2006. But oh, I, I said he, 13. That was the anime. I think I was looking at that was okay. what brought up on my phone. Okay, sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. About the Patton Oswalt thing, I think it needs to be noted that Patton Oswalt and David Goyer are friends. Like they're 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 buddies. Really? Yeah. And so if my buddy who cast me in a movie, and I don't know if they were buddies before or after the being cast in the movie, but they're buddies at this point. They're friends, and he talks about them being friends and hanging out and stuff. If my buddy told me that Wesley Snipes was doing all this shit, and also it's good, juicy Kevin Smith, let me do my traveling show kind of material I'm gonna go for it you know uh, if when real life meets the legend print the legend right it, it was good for Oswald it got him a lot of attention like got a lot of laughs got Blade Trinity a lot of notoriety and it's his buddy telling him the story so why would he believe Wesley Snipes this guy who doesn't even fucking talk to him over his buddy and being Wesley Snipes you're the you're, this is your big franchise like you've done a bunch of other stuff some of that stuff's made money some of it not so much but this is like the thing that everybody knows you from like he's doing a comic book series now for uh, that whatnot the company that took over heavy metal and it's him riffing on Blade imagery and like basically hey look at me doing a Blade comic book now after all these years but also mixing in some other sci-fi shit and everything. What were you thinking during those years as you were watching this sort of genre blow up and and you Blade was sort of left behind I think in a way and now it gets the respect. Oh man if I would have known what I know now then I mean it's the classic statement Mm -hmm. you know we had no idea Blade would be a success and really it was a, a, a labor of love that we thought would be only you know watched by very few people but I had a good body of work but I wasn't concerned with it having a damaging effect on the career but the the, the the fact that it blew up the way it did and it had the appeal I mean you know there were even statements early on <laughs> I remember where one of the executives of the uh, studio at the time in a screening commented after the focus group and they got back the numbers and they saw how the numbers were so high and there was so much appeal for the character and world he, he commented I don't understand why people like this. There were others who thought that black people of black talent in film doesn't sell internationally, doesn't sell foreign, doesn't sell in Japan. Blade comes out and it blows up in Japan, despite the fact that the lead is a black guy. Mm -hmm. And these were testaments to the lack of cultural awareness intelligence about the world itself, the global landscape, and the appeal that African-American culture has around the world. African-American cool is loved by everybody. And in some cases, it's even copied and co-opted by others. The the, the beauty of African-American culture and African-American experience has been exported around the world and embraced around the world. They love it. They may not always want to hang with us. They may not always want us to be in charge, but 
But in terms of what we do in our swag, they eat it up. This is his baby. This is the thing that he's most known for. This is his Dirty Harry, right? And the guy who wrote the stuff, and you might still feel some loyalty because Goyer was the one who was like, this has to be a black man. This has to be an R-rated movie. This has to be this, that, the other thing. Goyer very much championed Blade into existence. And so you would probably feel some loyalty to that. You'd probably appreciate that. But at the same time, it's your franchise. And I think there's a very clear friction between who Wesley Snipes sees Blade as and who Goyer sees him as. I think there's a tendency when you think about the Blade movies, you think of him as being, well, for starters, he's like sexless. And that's one of the things that's so weird about that Max series. He's actually fucking. It's like when I watch the Blade movies, I'm not sure if Blade's gay or asexual, but he's around these beautiful women that he seems to have no interest in whatsoever. He's got Nabushi White right in the first movie. He's got the Indian chick in the second movie. You got Jessica Biel in the third movie. He he has no interest in any of these chicks, right? Hell, his mom. You know, he's not interested in his mom. He's tied down trying to get away from her, you know? And 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 the way he's thought of in these movies is he's like flat. Well, but like, no, like, but like he's got like an emotionless, almost like a Terminator where he's like, I kill vampires. I don't make jokes. All I do is kill things. But then you see Wesley's performance and he's doing the, the Kevin McAllister fist bump and he's making little jokes and he's got this little smile on his face. It's clear when you watch all three Blade movies, not as much from the third one, but all three Blade movies, Blade loves killing vampires. <laughs> he is having a fucking blast killing these vampires. And maybe it's that the vampire killing is so much better than sex that he's not even worried about sex anymore. He just wants to shove his blade into as many vampires as possible because it's just fucking orgasmic for him. He's enjoying himself and I think that Goyer's saying quit enjoying yourself. And Wesley's like, no, 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 no. I want, this is this is who this guy is. He's having fun doing it. And I think one of the things that really is pronounced from the t- from the TV show versus the, the movies is Sticky Fingers is doing the Goyer where he's not having fun, where it's just this, like, this is this horrible thing that I have to do after kill these vampires. All I am going to do is kill these vampires and get people to help me kill vampires. And he's just like a miserable, sad bitch of a vampire hunter. And Snipes is having a fucking blast in this role. And the fun, the clear fun, the enthusiasm that he has for killing vampires translates into how we feel about him on that screen. I love watching Wesley Snipes playing Blade, killing vampires, saying smart ass bullshit while he's doing it. Sticky fingers, not so much. And I think that's just the primary difference between Goyer and Snipes. But also, well, Goyer's well, a shit director. Okay. Amon Ra is producing these movies, right? So he's not only the star of these movies, he's not only the guy who helped put asses in seats because he was Passenger 57, he was fucking Simon Phoenix, he'd done all these fucking movies to get people to go, oh, there's a new Wesley Snipes action movie, I'm gonna go see that because he's proven that he can put asses in seats where Goyer has not. And it's his production company who's tied into the Blade movies, and this white dude who I've been having friction with the whole fucking time is now the director, and he's doing everything he can to push me out of my franchise. He's bringing a couple of white people to take over my black man's fucking franchise. And what I think about too is uh, like online, you got Michael. Yeah, Blade Three so white. Michael Jai White was talking about Wesley Snipes. Oh, I, I, I didn't. I never heard about that. But yeah, I know it, yeah. there was some tension. According to to Patton Oswalt, who was in the film as well, you know, he said that he tried to strangle the director, and then Wesley Snipes actually responded to this. He had an interview with the Guardian. He said, "Let me tell you one thing. If I try to strangle David Goyer, you probably wouldn't be talking to me right now. Black eye with muscle strangling the director of a movie is going to go into jail. I guarantee." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think. Yeah, he also I'm, said, I'm right, "This yeah. is the part of the challenges that we as African Americans face here in America: these microaggressions, the presumption that one white guy can make a statement and that statement stands as true. Why would you believe his version of it is true? Because they are predisposed to believing the black guy is always the problem." In my assessment of that scenario, what built up to that, you know, there there were things that I mean, I've learned a lot from Wesley uh, directly. Okay, so you guys are close. Yeah, man, I look, I call him Big Brother all the time. He, okay, he. He contacted me about a week ago just in, in praise of uh, the movie my, my wife and I did. I mean, he comes over. What, you just happen to not catch him at the house. He comes over for the fights as well. Okay. You know, Wesley, you know, I mean, one couple, fr- 
freaked out because Wesley was throwing away some trash, right? And the the, the bag was filled, and he he wrapped the bag up and took it out. And they were like, "Was that Wesley Snipes?" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, what is it? Did it, it because the bag was filled. Because hey, you know you know how it is at yeah, my place. It's, of course, it, it's family. Right. I remember coming to to set to visit. I think a, it was a combination of frustrations. Think about that, Blade Trinity. Damn it! You do you realize what was happening? They basically were trying to take Blade away from him, blatantly. Uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Jessica Biel. There'll be Blade poster, Jessica Biel, Blade. <laughs> okay. Ryan Reynolds, Blade. This man is responsible for the success of that movie. 100%. They're trying to take the movie away from him and say, this is Blade. Now, the mistake I believe Wesley might have made is that this should be a chess game. I think once you become emotional, you fall into that trap. That frustration, rightly so, gave the excuse for them to blame him for the, the demise of the movie. If I was doing Spawn 2 and they were like, here, here's these other two white folks who are not action people and we want to start calling it Spawn. Let's look at the white movie where there's a lead character and then they try to transition it into two other people and call it the same. Rambo. Like, imagine that. You know, Carl Weathers. Rambo. <laughs> Think, just, let's put, right. let's, I got you. Yeah, like, or somebody who's... Uh, I mean, or Carl oh, Weathers, oh, oh, Rocky. Rocky, exactly. Yeah, right. That would be perfect. You don't, you don't see it. Yeah, you Carl Weathers, Rocky. But the thing is, to learn from that, and I've learned a great deal, is to go, mm-hmm, okay, I got it. The things that have been said to me, like I've talked about before, well, you would be, too bad you're black. You know, you'd be great for this movie or that. Okay, I see the way you think. I see the way you executives think. You think that you can say that to me and that I should be fine. Now, if I get mad at it uh, and and say something, yeah, I, I become a target. And even though it's not super cons- conspiratorial, if you fall into that trap and make yourself a target, they will use you as a target. I absolutely believe the post-it thing happened. And probably the post-it thing happened in part because he probably wanted to fucking choke David Goyer. But instead he's leaving a note reminding him, at the end of the day, I'm fucking Blade. You're a guy who wrote Blade right. stories, but I'm fucking Blade and you're trying to push me out of my own movie. You've got these two white people getting all this fucking screen time. You're trying to give them my fucking franchise. And maybe he was an asshole. Maybe there was tension. But also, there's a nasty tendency of white people to kind of do their best to push black people out of their shit and try to take over their shit. And it's almost like fucking Goyer was appropriating his fucking franchise. So it's like, my view is that Patton is on Goyer's side and so he's definitely biased. And some of the shit that he talks about may have happened, but it may have happened for a pretty fucking good reason. And again, it's way better to leave passive-aggressive notes and get freaked out and smoke up in the fucking dressing room and be pissed off that shit ain't going right than to choke a motherfucker. And 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 Landis, John Landis has said the same shit about Eddie Murphy. Eddie, Mo- Eddie Murphy who tried to choke him on either coming to America or Beverly Hills Cop 3 and, and instead try to beat him up and shit. There's all these stories about the black guy who goes nuts and starts beating up the white director to give the white director sympathy. But Beverly Hills Cop 3 was a shitty fucking movie. Blade Trinity isn't as bad as its reputation, but it's not a great movie. It's certainly a big step down from the other two movies. I think that these movies have a David Goyer problem more than they got a fucking Wesley Snipes problem. It was kind of interesting at the time because we were offended by some of the commentary and most people didn't understand what was really going on with the project and the challenges that were faced on set. Most people didn't know the power, I guess you could say, that I had to make decisions in the project and how that was usurped by others who, you know, decided that they wanted to marginalize me and some of the African-American content uh, contributors. When the ancestors say, you know, just a little bit of time and then this too shall pass, to see now the recognition of what I was saying to them from the Jump Street. Because at the time, the director of the trilogy, he had never even directed a commercial 
commercial. And the film that he, the first film that he directed, he was able to get produced because I contributed my time and energy to the film and without pay as an act of friendship to support his elevation from writer to director. And then I got stiffed. <laughs> I got woke up. I got awakened to the, the how the game is really played and how the game is played at the higher level. So the idea of bringing in a younger group of protégés, vampire protégés, was my idea. And others took that and began to leverage that for other opportunities that excluded me. So literally, I didn't find out that they were talking about doing a spinoff, which was my idea, until I was in an interview and the ladies asking me to, so, you know, what did you think about this? And how did you come up with the idea of bringing in the younger talent and passing the torch and all of that? And she said, and what a, what a great idea for the sequel. And I said, pause, wait, what sequel? And then she was like, oh, well, yes, you know, there's going to be a spinoff, right? And you, you're thinking about doing a television series and all of that. And up until that point, that conversation had been private with just a few people. And she revealed to me that they were already down the road talking about it. And Brother Man wasn't in the conversation. That's what began the problem. <laughs> with the production. And now time has passed. People talk about it and say, man, it had a lot of problems. These were things that Brother West mentioned from day one, from a position of producer, position of authority, not the position of the actor trying to be, you know, egotistical. I'm looking at the money. I'm looking at the business. And I'm saying, wait a minute, you can't have all of this vulgarity in this and then expect to sell toys. Expect it to sell in these other markets. They're not going to buy it. Why why are we undermining the revenue potential of the project for the sake of appealing to this particular individual? And I got a very, I got a number of very interesting answers. Long story long, it became what it became. And now, hey, we sit by the river long enough, we see the bodies roll by, float by, and here you see. Nobody even wants to talk about trilogy. <laughs> it fell off the cliff, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and, and, and conveniently, you know, hey, blame the black guy. Mm. So that's, that's all I want to say about that. It's one of the reasons why I like the Jonathan Majors thing. Do I advocate for somebody fucking slapping a woman around because she's checking out his phone and shit? Fuck no. I don't believe in that. But am I as willing to just jump on the negativity bandwagon as I would be for somebody else who were, were a clear-cut case? Do I Am I concerned that this is a, a large black man and so there's a tendency for a lot of people to immediately accuse him of the worst fucking things because racism? I, I do hesitate. I, I, I have concerns because I, I believe women when they tell you that they, they were assaulted, but you've got a woman who recanted on that front. I don't know the situation. If there's not somebody out there saying this guy, a horrible guy doing horrible things, then I'm at least going to wait to hear from some more people before I buy into that. Whereas it could have been Snipes, one of his variants. Where with Wesley Snipes, I haven't heard him do horrible shit. The only thing I've ever heard about was him supposedly being unprofessional toward David Goyer, who I think is a shit bag anyway. And we all fucking hate his ass. We all talk shit about him. Uh, and I know he, he's got all those tattoos and he likes to talk about a, hard, a lot of hard shit with him and his buddy Snyder, but he's a nerd. I mean, I saw him at San Diego Comic Con in 2000 with his tattoos on a, on a stage with uh, Goyer? Johns. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he's nothing special. You know, you can take him in a fight. So for him to be fucking trembling in his boots and, and wait, doing wait, passive wait, aggressive wait, shit wait, against wait, Wesley wait, Snipes wait. and stuff, wait, I buy wait, that. Wait. Are you calling David Goyer out right now to a fucking fight? <laughs> I, I think I could take him. He's got some years on me. No, no I'm too. saying do you think. I'm saying do you want to? Nah, I don't want to fight if, David Goyer. I mean, you don't want to. Are you nah, sure? Nah, I don't need to do that. Okay. What if, saying, what if, what if he starts producing the podcast tries to fuck this shit up? Shh. 
He's like, no more seven-hour-long like, podcasts. There's so, much, so much money that we were getting out of these podcasts. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that Wesley Snipes may not have been an asshole. I'm not saying he might not have been unprofessional. But Blade is Wesley Snipes. But that's can, why can I, I like say Wesley though? Okay, wait. Can I say though? Yeah. I don't think any of this shit hurt Wesley Snipes' reputation. I think it did. I don't think it did. I think him going to prison for tax evasion. I think evasion, going to prison for not paying his taxes that definitely hurt. Him. That hurt. Also, he that's involved, what he's known for. And he got involved with some kind of fucking weird political extremist yeah. group of people that fucked his shit up. Too. I don't think anybody fucking gives a shit about him almost choking David yeah, Boyer in that's a shitty true. movie. I think it's well, I think it's blown I mean, I, up. I think in, I think it's like we haven't had any uh like maybe if he shows up in Blade with Mahersha Ali, if he doesn't, then I think that that was part of it. I think that might have hurt him. But I, also, you know. I just think I think a lot of people just forget this movie exists. Mm-hmm. And and especially under the shadow of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. everybody will scream from the heavens but, but, Bla- but Blade 1. Yeah. They don't even really talk about Blade 2 no, that much. Really. Um, it'll show up in the top, you know, the BuzzFeed lists of best comic book movies. They'll mm-hmm. put it in there with like yeah. X2 and shit. Nobody really thinks about these Blade movies outside of the first one. Unless, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't think that a, but, but an anecdote of, from the third movie yeah. nobody remembers Maybe is fair. But also, also everybody remembers the worst parts of Blade 3 too. And there's good stuff in there. It's not all bad. There's I think I think Drake is stupid. I think the actors, I think the actor's terrible. I really would have loved to have seen Blade versus Dracula like he is in the comic books. Yeah. I don't want to see they, the stupid They've even got a two of Dracula comic. They've even got a two of Dracula comic. They dropped the ball. Should have been Nicolas Cage. No. No, no, we just saw his. Rent, we just I don't saw want to see Renfield. I'm not interested in that at all. That looks terrible to me. That would have been amazing, dude. Wesley Snipes' stoicness, fucking Cage going all Cage wild. Dude, nah, give, give me like Charles Dance or something. That would have been badass. There's a, there's a lot of argument about what's the best MCU trilogy, and it's usually down to like Howard the Duck. It's trilogy. It's three movies. Howard the Duck trilogy, three movies. He's just he's just he's just being an tripling asshole. down on Howard. Um, you know, Captain America is usually one of the big ones they talk about. It's, Cap- um, it's Captain America. Yeah, it's Cap- but some people it's say Cap- Thor, some people say Thor too, though. Like. As a never misses a step. Yeah. I think Blade is the least worth talking about. I, I think that the Blade as a trilogy is better than Thor's trilogy. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah Blade, Blade, Blade Trinity Blade versus Ant Man trilogy. How about versus Iron Man trilogy? The first two Iron Man are really, really fucking good, but Iron Man 3 is pretty fucking bad in my book. It's really bad. So, um, I, like, I'll, I can, because Blade. Th- Thor 1 is really mediocre. Blade 1 is amazing. Yeah. Thor 2 is bad, although I don't, I, I think it gets some Blade Trinity. He, I don't think Dark World is not nearly as bad as people make it out to be. I, been, I think I would much rather watch Trinity than the Dark World. But though. if you're going to give me like a bottle of wine and give me one of those two movies to watch, I'm watching Blade Trinity fucking yeah. a million times over. Yeah. It's at least and silly. I, I, I and like it's Parker short. Posey. I think that Peak, like Ryan Reynolds, is with the beard. He just looks way cooler with the beard than he does. Shredded with the beard. in this movie. Ryan Reynolds is fucking shredded. shredded in this movie. Movie. I wish he wouldn't talk so fucking much. I really uh, the whole. Hey, stick. it's me. It's yeah. I sound like every Jim Carrey character right. from Living Color. God, it's me. And he's never been as funny as Jim Carrey, by the way. No, we're Never. near as funny. No. And I swear but, they've got his levels bumped up higher, too. Right. It's like he's louder in the movie than right. he is in everybody. Right. Uh, but I love the, the red lining in the cape for the third movie, for or the in the trench coat for Blade in the third movie. That looks so cool. The red contrast against his body, and like giving, that looks so fucking badass. I think Jessica Biel, the iPod bit's stupid, but she's hot, and she's really cut, and she's got some cool she weapons. She is jacked she's in that jacked movie. In that fucking movie. At the end where she's going like full open shoulder with yeah. her arms out and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, she might have bigger fucking arms than Ryan Reynolds does. <laughs> uh, so they, it looks cool. It's just that the direction's lame. And also killing Whistler after spending the entire second movie bringing him back and then you're going to kill him in the early part of the third movie. But they kill him just, by him shotgunning oh yeah, cops oh yeah, no, it's and cool. then suicide it's, it's very bombing. Cool. It goes out in a great way. But you also spend the entire second movie. It's, it, again, it's the Alien 3 phallus. You don't spend the entire second movie saving somebody and then kill him in the opening minutes of the third movie. Yeah. You know, So that's a big problem, especially because they're replacing him with 
with his illegitimate daughter and fucking chucklehead. You know, it's yeah. like, no, it's not, this isn't the same thing. Leave him dead or don't leave him dead. Now, on the Blade 2 front, when we saw Blade 2 in the theater together, I agree with you that Blade 2 was better than the first one. But having revisited and especially going it backwards. So I like, I watch Blade 2 and I finish out by going back to the original Blade. The original Blade is the best of the movies, easily. Uh, it's just so stylishly directed. The timing is so good. The music is so much better than any other movies. He, Blade is sold so well in that first movie. He's so fucking cool. And again, nothing in any of the movies is as good as the bloodbath. And the, that opening fight sequence, all that shit is just fucking fantastic. As you said, the rubber people, it hurts Blade 2. The it's mission, not a think, lot of blood. There's not a lot I, of rubber I think people, the mission is a little bit meandering. The whole thing where Blade tries to act like he knew everything that Scud was up to and was on to him the whole time. And that's why he managed to get the bomb on him there and shit. It's like, no, you didn't. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. So I like Blade 2. The light bombs yeah. is stupid. Blade 2 is definitely better than Trinity. It's not as good as the first Blade. Blade is has risen to my esteem from the first time I saw it. Each time I see it, I, I like it a little bit better. It just keeps getting better. But Blade 2 wasn't as good as I remembered, but Trinity isn't as bad as everybody says it is. I think it's a really solid trilogy, and I really cannot, cannot see how the MCU is going to be able to pull out anything like how good this is. Especially because you've got like fucking Daughter of Blade in the comics these days, or Bloodline, the Daughter of Blade's having her own comic book. I don't give a fuck about Blade having a fucking legacy character and shit. I want to see the Wesley Snipes Blade killing fucking vampires. I don't want to see the Mahershala Ali where he's fucking hanging out with Black Knight and God knows whatever bullshit they're going to do. Hopefully they go into that MI-13 thing where they get some Captain Britain shit where they're like stopping the vampire no, invasion no. of the UK. No, they go more but like Werewolf by Night. Yeah, or something more like the Werewolf by Night. That'd be great, but I don't think they've got the balls for that. I don't think they're going to be willing to do that for the motion picture. I don't think they're going to be that experimental. I don't think they'll be that daring. You think it's going to be rated R? Uh, uh, no, absolutely not think it's going to really? be rated R. I don't think you're ever going to see an MCU movie that's rated R. I think the Deadpool 3 is a one-off thing. It's sort of a, a send-off for those two actors. Plus, I think they're going to want them both in Secret Wars because they're eventually going to put all the fucking Marvel movie characters into the one fucking the, their bid to try to finally uh, beat Infinity War and Endgame by having even more beloved characters. I, I think that the more of these um, movies tank, yeah. the, the more Quantumania movies we get, the mm. better chance there is that Blade's rated R. And I think the chance is worse. I think they're actually going to try to be safer and more conscientious of how they can get the biggest audience as I, possible. I, I, I think, I think that less I, I've heard that fucking Black Knight, they're, they're writing that motherfucker out of every movie they were going to put him in. Oh, oh yeah. Black Knight, what's the dude from uh, Game of Thrones? Yeah. To be Jon Snow. John oh, really? Snow. Why? I've heard the because nobody saw Eternals. Like, why are actually, we going to make this actually, dude have no, like a through thread? That's in the whole incorrect. That uh, I've heard that during COVID, Eternals was the number one seen program. Uh, I, I think I think plenty of people saw Eternals. Oh, I don't think plenty of people saw Quantumanium too. No, it doesn't matter. They're they're not they're not putting Black Knight as the back. And actually, and I think and I think that's part of the problem too is I think that Phase Four was Marvel taking chances and seeing themselves rolling a bunch of crap. I think they saw themselves as taking a chance with Eternals. I think they saw themselves taking a chance with the Marvels and what Taylor Marvels does. Certainly taking a chance with Shang-Chi, which they spun as a victory, but in terms of raw money, it didn't make a ton of money. Black Widow finally getting her own movie, that didn't make a ton of money. And, it, and again, this is COVID. This is 100% COVID. But also, Marvel's just not generating the money they used to. Bob Iger's back. He wants to start seeing Avengers money again. So, I, no, I think I, and I think that's we're seeing that manifest in the Captain America movie because this was going to be just like, it's it's Falcon the Winter Soldier, but as a motion picture. And now you've got fucking Red Hulk played by fucking Harrison Ford himself. They're bringing back Betty e. Ross for this movie. Uh, they're, they're doing everything they can to remind people, no, this is the MCU. And look at all these characters that you love. There's going to be in this thing. Or, remember those? Remember berries? Remember berries? Remember berries? I, I think they're going to do everything they can to make movies like Phase 1 and Phase 2 again. And so that means no fucking R-rated shit. Now, if Deadpool makes a billion dollars, maybe. 
maybe. But Blade's being made before see, Deadpool. I could see it be PG thirteen or something. They're all PG thirteen. Well, I'm, or as close to R as they can get without crossing the line. They're not going to show. You Blade can't is show not going to say blood in a vampire movie, man. They're not they won't show blood. Cunt. They're not going to say nope. fuck. Nope. Um, well, a lot of shit. They'll say shit a whole bunch. Yeah. And there won't be a drop of fucking blood, or there'll be a drop of blood. It'll be like need a drop off the side of the mouth. I You're not going to see I, anything. Yeah. I it's just be don't so see pussy. them doing a PG thirteen Blade. But that's what they're going to try to do. It's absolutely going to be a PG thirteen Blade, and they're not going to have the werewolf by night black and white sequences and shit to help cover for that. So it just isn't going to be any blood. So it's just going to be like everybody's going to turn to ash. Or maybe they'll let's wait. Yeah. yeah, let's and wait. They're already having to. They stop production to retool the fucking thing. That's not mm-hmm. a good sign. Let's man. wait. Okay. It might have been to write out a bunch of Eternals characters. Man. There's a, yeah. Let's just wait. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad we agree that. But if you if you rank trilogies, uh, Guardians Galaxy, no matter how bad the third movie is, is better than the Blade trilogy. Hands down. I don't know. I might have just jinxed the third movie like hardcore <laughs> right now. But I don't know if I'd go quite that far. I, I've but, seen Guardians one and two more times than I've seen. I, I've seen. Yeah. I've, you know, I'm a fan of the genre, to be really honest about it. I see almost every one of the films. I look at them not only for pure entertainment, but for the execution of the film and the difficulties and the challenges these artists overcome, be they in front of the camera or behind the camera, to make us believe this world and engage us. I think the films that have stronger actors are better films and allow you to really uh, accept the world that's being presented and, 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 and have fun with it. I, I would say, I definitely think Blade 1 is better than Guardians 1. Guardians 2 I'd say is it's really at good. The absolute worst, it's a draw. Mm. Or be- worst? I'd say Guardians got to buy here, but better now. We'll see what 3 looks like. But I, I do think But Guardians 2 is way I, I'm was really way looking forward to Guardians 3. Yeah. So. yeah, me too. Me too. But no, I have no faith. Captain America's got the best trilogy. Three. Yeah, Captain America's got the best trilogy. They have an Avengers movie built into the Cap movie series. It's not even. It's not even close. Okay, some updates and corrections since we recorded over the weekend. It was Doug Wheatley, who is the flashy 90s artist on the Blade, the Vampire Hunter ongoing series, not Dale Eaglesham. Jonathan Majors has been dropped by his agency and by his management. He's already filmed Loki Season 2, and of course his representation would have gotten paid for that already. It's not a great sign if he's losing representation for his prospects going forward. I'm also a little fuzzy on whether or not the witness against him has actually recanted her testimony. I understand that he's going to trial. So, you know, that's a thing. Also, I had excerpts from a Slate interview that's run throughout this episode. The interviewer did make mention of a controversy involving Halle Berry. I did some reading on that. Wasn't aware of this. Apparently, Halle Berry and Wesley Snipes dated in the early 90s, around the time they were doing the movie Jungle Fever. Halle Berry has alleged that she had a violent domestic assault against her. She was struck so hard that her blood hit the ceiling of a Riven room. She burst an eardrum and lost 80% of her hearing in that eardrum. She uses a hearing aid. Seriously fucked up. There have been a few different partners of hers that have shouldered the blame for that happening. More recently, though, the indications have been, allegedly, that this was Wesley Snipes who did this. If so, fuck him forever. And to be honest, it's not like he's going to come back for Blade anyway. And I was thinking about it, you know, obviously they're not going to go the martial arts route because Mahershala Ali is not the martial artist that Wesley Snipes is. Maybe they're going to go for something 
something more moody, something closer to the Marv Wolfman Gene Colan series. That could be all right, and it may not have to be as visceral as the Wesley Snipes series. I just don't know if that's going to be as appealing. Marvel hasn't been great with understated mood pieces or horror. So permanent Marvelite Maximus followers include Alien vs. Predator Central, Arshin Taboli, The Iron Age of Comics Podcast, Yosu Vaselinda, Katyusha, Lujane Verbridge, Mark Tutaj, Commissions Open, Looking for Work, Masudar Rahman, Nolan Bear, Osilama Unoesi Loretta, Smash Can Comics, Tales from Second Life Comic Books, Wase Nega, and It's Mr. Zachary. Keepers of the Favorites Flame include Batman Crime Solver, Chris Dunford, Dave's Comic Heroes Blog, Del Dracula, Easy Comic Reader, JMT Productions, Marvel Universe Online Project, Nick Spence, Rihanna Mike, Scott X, Shanna Banana, Shinji 70, Trucker Talk, and Webbeth71.nft. Retweet frantic ones include Between the Pages Blog, CH, Donalyn Washington, MA, Conversations, John Jennings, and Talk Nerdy to Me. Mary Marvel Marching Society, 21st Century Boys, Canoes, who added, Thanks, I've been so excited to watch this movie, haven't seen it yet. Everyone is suffering from Marvel fatigue, might have to make a solo trip to the cinema. Chris Lydon, Dr. Irving Forbush, who added, I still have my original membership card. Wait, I think that's a holder from previous. Dirk Ashton is finally finishing Kraken Rider Z, added, Thanks, Roll Fine Podcast. Ed Moore, Eugene R. Hendricks, voice actor, home studio. Gregory Litchfield, The Hammer Strikes, Random geeky stuff, history of comics on film, I was Joe is, Irredeemable Shag, King Size Comics, Giant Size Fun Podcast, Max Apocalypse, who added March On, Randy Caldwell, Richard Field, Satin Tights, a Wonder Woman Podcast, Speak Comics, Superbound, Tim Price the Podcrasher, and Tony S. Endure and Survive. Be an early riser. Strive to be ambitious. Speak a little wiser. Try to be judicious. Be a good advisor. Never ever vicious. You haven't done your It's comic books The song We're not digging on the comics This, is, this is a Marvel superheroes oh, podcast right. Should have been the other podcast yeah, We're literally not I'm the only one who talks about comic books We're talking about fucking movies You can own the cinema I like to trade them <laughs> I like to watch them I like to stream them I stream them I used to rent them I rip them <laughs> I'm a watching them every day here. Russian websites. <laughs>